Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Dadon Tolbert Show. I'm your host, Dadon Tolbert. Tonight we're back live with a uh, you know what promises to be a classic barbershop talk Tuesdays. Uh, tonight, you know, real quick, not even tonight, but just you know, if you know anything about barbershop talk, it's specifically designed uh, to help women be that fly on the wall in barbershops around the country to get a gooder, you know, a better. Uh, uh, I guess indication of what's being said amongst black men, uh, how we feel, how we think, um, you know, really what makes us tick overall. So uh, tonight we're going to talk about um, just, you know, us as men and in, in temptation. You know, I said online earlier that, um, you know, we, we often hear a lot about, you know, uh, you know, the temptations of men towards women. You know, you hear about women trying to live right, virtuous women and things like that, you know, and them running into guys who just want sex. You know, you hear that on a pretty regular basis out here in in the media. But what you don't hear a lot of is, you know, uh, the stories of men who are trying to live right, the men who are wanting to be virgins uh, or remain virgins or even just be celibate and really trying to live for Christ. You know, and, and just that overall Christian walk. So we're going to talk about, in a, just the realest way possible, the temptations and the, and the struggles that we as men face, you know, from an emotional standpoint, from a sexual standpoint, from a spiritual standpoint. So it's going to be a pretty good show. I got my, my panel of, of, uh, of men here tonight, and um, I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, to talking to them this evening. You guys, as always, are welcome to call in with any type of comments or questions or feedback. Definitely give me a call, uh, 646-200-0366. Hit the number one on your keypad. You know, I'm feeling really good today. You know, this is going to be more of a laid-back show. You guys know how those Monday night shows are, you know, after a long weekend, you know, and, you know, a lot of things transpire. You know, we really got into it last night. We, we, we really went hard. Uh, we talked about fakeness. And um, I wanted to start tonight's show off with the fellas just to kind of give them an opportunity to, you know, express their thoughts because uh, Courtney and I were just discussing uh, fake friends. We were discussing fake family, um, fake Facebook, you know, friends, acquaintance, all all that stuff, you know, and, and how to deal with it, how to eliminate them from your life and really just keep it moving, um, you know, so that you can achieve that. That, that happiness that we all seek, and, you know, that's going to be impossible with negative individuals surrounding you. So definitely, uh, if you missed it, check out the archives of that, um, you know, at datontolbert.com or download it on iTunes. But I, I see my man Marv is here in the barbershop. Marv, what's going on with you? Hey, good evening, Dayton. Thanks for having me back on the show, man. Hey, look, hey, I'm surprised that you were able to, to, to do another live show tonight after after last night. <laughs> Why you say that? <laughs> Yo, man, you was really going in on him, man. Look, I, I was in I was in my room just listening, you know, and in the background I heard the like the wind in the back, you know, it was it was crazy. Trees flying all over the place. Oh, why that's crazy? Yeah, I didn't know if y'all could hear that. Yeah. Well, look, I thought that was well, look, I thought that was you though. I thought that was you out there just just going in. You know what I mean? <laughs> like just the just the energy was just ridiculous, man. And I, you know, but that topic of of fakeness, I, I see hit home for you. Oh yeah, man. Yeah, you know that's that's something very personal to me. You know what I'm saying? I I take my friends uh, seriously. I take my family seriously. You know, and, and just anybody I have around me, whether that's Facebook, just period. 
you know, I'm a real guy. You know, if I like you, you know, I, I, you know, I'll do right by you, and and I expect the same in return. So that's you know, and we've talked about that on the show over the years. Like I said, Gerald and I did a show a couple of years ago on haters, you know, and just what that the definition of that term. And so yeah, definitely, you know, it's something I'm passionate about, as you guys can hear. But honestly, all jokes aside, I mean, I don't know if if I've kept it realer than that. You know what you guys heard last night. So definitely, that that was not the show to miss. If you enjoy the Dayton Talbert show, is that was that epitomized really what we do here and how we do it. So definitely check it out. Uh, Lewis is on, but yeah, good to have you here, Marv. We're looking forward to uh, hearing from you throughout the show. Uh, Lewis is also here with me tonight. Lewis, what's up with you? Oh, it's good to be back in the barbershop chair again, Dayton, with these great fellas. I appreciate you having me back. I give thanks to my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ for. Allowing me to see another Tuesday, you know, my heart and prayers go out to uh, the victims of Sandy in New York and the surrounding areas. And, you know, I look forward to getting into this topic tonight. I appreciate the topic about, you know, men being tempted with sex and ladies. You know, so many of you are so preoccupied with what the dogs are doing, trying to get into the mind of dogs. I mean, I go to the checkout counter and I see a magazine and it has on there 15 ways to, to deal with a man if you find another woman's phone, another man's phone number in his pants pocket. And I would say to myself, hey, I can save you all that 698 and give you one way, cut him loose. But tonight, ladies, you have a unique opportunity to get into the minds of men trying to live for Christ, you know, the kind of man you should be checking for, the kind of man that will one day get on one knee and ask you to be their wife. And it's just so unfortunate that, like you said earlier, that when men are trying to uh, practice abstinence, when they're not pressed for sex, when they're waiting uh, for marriage, that ladies still feel the tendency, to the need to relate to a man through sex. And it's unfortunate that even Christian women, uh, if you got a man living for Christ, you should be trying to relate to him through Christ, but even they getting in on the sex thing. So, I'm just ready to get into it tonight. I look forward to it. Yeah, man, definitely good to have you. I especially wanted to have you here and, and, and really everybody here because, see, and, 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 you know, I can't say enough about the point that you just made, and it's really going to be the foundation. I mean, you look at these magazines, you look at these TV shows, you look at a lot of this stuff out here, you know, any type of medium or, you know, or avenue that, you know, gives advice to women, they have women asking questions and they have men and even women giving advice about the losers you know how to how to deal with a cheater like what like why would you want to deal with a cheater you know how to get your man to go to church so you know what i'm saying like you shouldn't have to get him to go to church if you're dealing with an elite man if you're dealing with the man that God has for you, you're not going to have to drag him to church kicking and screaming. You're not going to have to go through his pants pockets to find out what numbers he's got. You're not going to have to snoop through his cell phones, do pop-ups. You're not going to have to write in the Steve Harvey show asking how soon is too soon to have sex with a man, at what's his plan. For. All these things are things you're going to know if you're dealing with the man that God has for you. So tonight is going to be the realest opportunity you'll ever have to hear from men as far as what we look for, but more so the things that we struggle with, what makes us tick spiritually. You know what I mean? And it's deep stuff. And you know, I, I do a lot of uh, a lot of counseling, and um, one of the, th- the the common uh, one of the more common things that I I hear 
is that there's some very big misconceptions about sex, you know, in, in regards to how women feel about it. You know, I'm actually going to be doing a three-part special, to be honest with you. Tonight's part one, okay? Tonight is we're going to talk about the spiritual and sexual temptations that we as men face. You know, uh, tomorrow night I'm going to do I'm going to the Sixers game here in Philly, so we won't be live, but I'm going to do a rebroadcast of probably the best show of all time, one of my top three favorite shows of all time, which was not how do men feel about sex, not how do women feel about sex, but what the Bible says about fornication. That was probably a couple, about a year ago. I know me and Gerald did it. And that, I'm telling y'all, y'all do not want to miss that show. I promise you. Well, we're going to really get into detail about, you know, what God feels. What does the Old Testament say about sex? How did God punish people back in the day in regards to sex? You know, so trust me, before you have your next sexual encounter, you're going to want to listen to that show. So that's that. And then uh, Thursday night, we're going to do another special um, in regards to just how men feel about sex. Like I said, there's unfortunately some very big misconceptions. A lot of women think that we're looking for sex, when in reality, godly men, elite men, are, are on, a, on a worldly level, we're repulsed by sex. That's going to be a huge turnoff. The moment you have sex with, we, we, we are actually pissed off and disappointed with you. But from a spiritual perspective, we're actively trying not to disappoint God. But we'll get more into it. I want to hear from the fellas, though. I see my man James is here as well. James, what's going on with you? Man, I know you were affected by the storm down there. Hey, Don, fellas. It's a pleasure to be here with you all tonight. Uh, my phone is kind of going in and out. Uh, we still don't have power here. Uh, it's been all, almost a day, and I'm uh, probably not expecting it for another three to four days. But uh, nonetheless, you know, I'm happy to be here with you guys. Uh, look forward to the show. Absolutely, man. I'm looking forward to it. Now, see, that's a... That's a soldier right there, man. He, this guy doesn't even have power, but he's dedicated to calling in and uh, you know talking about uh, God and, and and spirituality. So that's what's going on, man. I'm excited uh, tonight, Marv. Let's start off with you. Like I said, I want to talk, give you guys an opportunity just to express you know you know fakeness, man. You got any fake Facebook friends, Marv? Like you, you're, how do you deal with with fake individuals, whether it's friends, family, people you see online? And we've been have we've been seeing a lot of fakeness, you know, uh, just in the Friends of the Dayton Tolbert Show group. Some people had to be eliminated just over the last couple of days. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, that, that whole issue with, with just fakeness and, and people just presenting themselves as, as one way and then, the, you know, when you cut the corner, they have uh, different opinions about you or an ulterior motive. Um, to, to say that I'm surprised when I see that in your group, I will be lying to you. I mean, I'm not I'm not surprised at all. Um, that's been an issue that I've battled pretty much my entire life, uh, just from, you know, my years playing basketball and, you know, just dealing with certain people who didn't really have the same opportunity that I had. Um, you know, I noticed that, you know, as I go, as I got older, just more experienced and was able to travel and just experience things, it would be people who I would grow up with, whether it's middle school, high school, what have you, that just did, did not have that same opportunity. So, in regards to the topic of just being fake, I've, I've seen how certain people, like, you know, you'll come home, I'll come home, they'll smile on my face, yeah, Mario, you know, congratulations, I see what you're doing out there, it's big stuff. But then, you know, from, from the grapevine, I'm hearing this person, you know, was wishing all types of evilness. And, I mean, it's just a sad situation, but 
the thing about me and in, in just interacting with people in general, people that know me, they know that, you know, like once I let you in my circle, it's kind of hard to let you loose. So, like, that's that's an issue that, I, that I've been dealing with. And just from, you know, watching how you interact with certain group members and just from the, the show last night, it just starts to bring things into perspective because at the end of the day, you know, you want real people around you at all times. And the negativity is is draining. It's draining emotionally, spiritually, you know, everything. So part of me used to feel like if I, if I just stay myself, if I just keep it real with myself, then these people will, you know, they'll 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 follow they'll follow through. Like they'll change. That's that was my mindset, and I'm sure that's a lot of people's mentalities as well. Um, but I realized, I you know, the only person I can really, you know, uh, hold accountable is myself. So I mean, that that fakeness is a, is a serious issue. Yeah, man, and that's why I was so passionate about it last night. And you know, it's I believe me, man. You know, I see a lot of similarities with with you and me, and just how you interact. And really, when you first came into the group, how you interacted compared to how you are, you've 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 changed. <clears throat> and and I feel you on that. You know, the thing about it is, man, you're right. I was drained for a long time. Those of you who who've been following me for several years, you know that back in the day, I was that guy on those five hundred. Forget two and three hundred. I'm talking about five or six hundred back and forth debates. Like that was me, literally on the computer all day, trying to get a point across and trying to get people to see different things. And you know, it's one of those things where you just got to suck it up and say, "Wow, you know what? I'm no, I'm not making. I'm wasting my time. These people are. I'm becoming their entertainment. You know. And then I end up leaving drained because somebody else wanted to you know, draw me into some type of argument. So, you know, it's just about doing what's best for you, and I'm a much happier person now. I know Marv is much happier. And just that's what we were talking about last night, just encouraging everybody to, to, to be be happy. You know, just don't allow someone else's problem become your problem. So that's what it's all about. Lewis, any thoughts from you, man? You know, you, you deal with, I mean, you seem to be a pretty, you stay away from the from the, the controversy. I seem you do a pretty good job of that, man. I'm trying to be like you, man. But do you ever encounter fake individuals? No man, I mean you, you and 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 Marv. One thing I admire about both of you all is, is you all have a way of of being able to to deal with certain things head on. That's a good thing to do. I mean, Marvel, both you and Marvel start a post, and as soon as people start debating it, you get right up in there and, and match them word for word because you know you're speaking from the truth. You know, you're not just speaking just to be speaking and debating just to be debating. And I I admire that quality. Uh, in both of you, um, and I, you know, as far as as Facebook goes, you know, I understand what you're saying. You know, I've had to delete some people uh, from my Facebook friends list, and you know, I've, I've, yeah, I try to be decent to people. And the thing, you know, one thing indicator of fakeness for me is, is you know, I don't, you know, I, I, I mean, people, you know, people deal with things in everyday life, but one thing I've learned is people like you and people respect you and people have your back, they're going to be consistent. You know, I don't like hot and cold, and that's the kind of things I, I, I find myself dealing with at times. You know, I don't like it where, you know, one time people might be hot towards you and then next time they might be cold, and if they're cold, then you're like, oh, okay, well, let me just, let me just, uh, I see that, you know, that maybe I was all, was wrong, you know, and then they feel like being hot again and they feel like being cold and, you know, I like consistency. I like to try to treat people consistently, and I like to be con- treated, uh, you know, consistently. But as far as family, when you all were talking about family, um, I definitely can relate to that. 
you know, especially family on my dad's side. I mean, you know, I'm I I I've had to, to pretty much cut them loose. Um, you know, because they just it's like my brother and I, when we graduated from college, not not a single congratulations, not a letter. They all knew we graduated, but no one said a single thing. Uh, my dad uh, is a minister. He's in ministry. And his sister, my aunt, has a church, actually. And, and her son is, is, is the bishop of that church. And they won't let my dad, he, I mean, he, he just want to give one sermon. They won't even let him give a sermon. She told him, hey, when you got something to say, we'll let you speak at church. All they want him to do is just hand out the brochures. And what was really one of, one of many dirty things is uh, my uncle died, and my dad was uh, preaching um, at a program uh, for my uncle. And his sister, who sings in the choir, she she wouldn't come out to watch him preach. She actually hid in the kitchen in the back until it was time for her to sing. And then she came and sung and then left again. And I'm like, wow, that's just that's just foul. So I completely understand. And I had a couple cousins try to Facebook friend me, and I knew that my aunt, all she was trying to do was get dirt because they always just, that's just, that's just the way they are, and I had to deny them. So I completely understand. And even in my real life, I've had to cut. I've had to just cut people loose because sometimes people, the only time you hear from them is when they want something. I work for the school system. When people want their resumes or they want to find out, you know, how they can get in the school system, then they know where I'm at. Otherwise, you don't hear from them. Don't get a Merry Christmas or anything. So I, I completely understand that. Let me tell you, man, I can relate 100% as you guys heard last night. I mean, to me, that's not family. You know, if you can't support the things that matter, the birthdays, the graduations, the children, the babies, the, you know, monumental accomplishments, you know, it's it's pretty much a wrap, man. So, you know, like I said, I don't even want to take up too much time talking about that. Fake individuals really deserve no, no air time, you know, more than they got last night. So definitely shout out to everybody who tuned in. I want to start tonight's show off like this. Um on, uh, like I said, if you just join us, we're going to be talking about the severe absence of of quality black men in the church. We did a show. This is actually probably part two, but it did, like of this same topic. We did a show on this, probably one of my favorite shows I've ever done. About a couple of years ago, I had one of my best friends, my man Osho, on the, on the line, and um, he was, you know, just really went in on, you know, why he what he does, how he loves the Lord. We talked about a lot of stories. I told some really personal stories about me and him growing up when I was in the world and he was living for Christ. You know what I'm saying? It, you know, and he really being one of those instrumental people in my life that that really showed me that you can be cool and still love Jesus. You know, it's not one of those things where it has to be oh, whoa, you know, you know, you're 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 weird or you know, you're one of those guys. I mean, I'm I do what I do, I say what I say, but at the same time, I'm not afraid to do it from a biblical perspective. And to me, that's the ultimate elite man. That's what being an elite man is all about. It's, and, and if you guys are unsure about that term or have questions or whatever, it's it's really, at the end of the day, having a, a secure and genuine and authentic love for God and Jesus Christ and not allowing anybody to to cause you to question that. You know what I'm saying? And and I gotta be honest with y'all, and y'all we can talk about this, but and this is a very sad statement that I'm about to make. This is a horrible uh and it should be a uh an eye opening statement for everyone listening. You guys know what I do, you see my online presence, 
I, you know, interact with thousands of individuals every day, thousands of Facebook. Just, I mean, we're just talking about Facebook here, not like other mediums, you know, outside. But let's just keep it on Facebook for right now for the, for the, the purpose of this, this situation, okay? Thousands of, of men, and literally I can count on one hand the number of men who who actively and sincerely and genuinely and consistently are on fire for spreading the word of Jesus Christ. Now, on one hand, out of thousands of individuals, I mean, we're talking, if, if you want to add women in there, you know, then I could probably, probably could use two hands. But literally less than ten people. But specifically since tonight's topic is about men, less than five men, and you, you guys are listening to about three of them right now, Marv, James, and Lewis. And Osho, who happens to be on my friends list, is probably about the fourth. And if you count me, then I make up five. You understand? And I'm, and I'm being real with y'all. That out of thousands of men, and, you know, and I apologize if I've left out a couple here and there, but if I've left you out, and on this specific topic, then that says a lot. That says that you need to do more. You know, that says that the impression that's being made is not, you know, it could be a little bit better. And there's a problem. So on tonight's show, I want to talk about, like, what's up with that? You know, you I, I look at Facebook posts on sports, the Eagles, you know, San Francisco Giants and, you know, World Series type of stuff, love and hip-hop, basketball wives, what they had for dinner last night. Barack Obama, I mean, I mean, people are on fire for Obama, but ain't no, but people will be get real quiet when it comes to posting, you know, something that matters, something about the 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 man who who died on the cross for their sins. You know what I'm saying? Like, we've, after the show, go online and Google, go on YouTube, look up uh, the the crucifixion scene of Passion of the Christ. Just watch that scene. Type that in. Then it'll come right up. I've posted on my page before. About, you know, five, ten minutes, something like that. But just really, I mean, and that's nothing. You know, that's a movie. But it's a very real movie. But I say it's nothing because it's it's nothing compared to what actually happened, you know, in real life. So the things that Jesus Christ did for us, and we would rather post about basketball wives, about the Eagles... And not even be not not even rather do those things, but literally be afraid to post about Jesus Christ. A lot of people say, "Well, how do you know they're afraid?" Because I used to be one of them. I used to be afraid. You know what I'm saying? So trust me, I know the feeling. You know what I mean? Don't don't nobody look at me like I'm crazy. Like I know what's up. You know, back in the day, I didn't even do shows like this on this show. I'm talking about two years ago. I was afraid. So I think that, but now I'm not afraid anymore. You know what I'm saying? And you shouldn't be either, you know, because the reality is if you're scared now, well, what's going to happen, you know, on Judgment Day? What's going to happen when it's time to go to hell or heaven, you know? that's what we all, So that's what we'll talk about tonight. We're going to keep it real tonight, man. And and I think that part of the problem out here, just so I, before I open up to the, pan, the fellas, is that, see, women are going, the Bible says that, you know, women are supposed to follow our leads and will follow our leads. You know, they are going to do what we do. They're going to basically, however, whatever we see, whatever they see is what how things are going to be. If they see a good, strong Christian man, 
you know, ready to lead, make a family, if we treat that woman right and we're being led by God, they will submit to us and they won't have all that mouth. They won't have all that argument, you know. But when they see us in the streets, when they see the house in disarray, when they see all types of foolishness going on, then that's when all the games start. That's when the arguments start. And that's when they even act all weird. If, if we're all trying to play tug-of-war with the panties, well, then they'll play tug-of-war with the panties, and then the panties will eventually drop. And the next thing you know, you, you know you're know, you in a sexual situation. Soul ties are involved. Babies are involved. Deadbeat dads. You know what I'm saying? All that, the Bible says, for the wages of sin are death. So the the key here is, a lot of these psycho chicks out here, they went, well, what about the men, they done? What, what, that's what I'm saying. What do y'all think we're talking about? What do you think we talk about every day? It's the, the we as men are the foundation, and and once we set that positive example, then the, everything else will fall in line. The problem is we ain't got no positive black men out here who are or who aren't afraid to take a stand for Jesus Christ. Now, Marvin, you're one of those men who I've seen. Like I watch men, and I'm not you know I'm not gonna front. There are a lot of men in the group. You know I'm not actually you know what Jay New needs to be on that list as well. You know what I mean? Because he does a good job as well. Definitely not afraid. He speaks a lot every day, actually, about Jesus Christ. But there's a lot of men, even in the Friends of the Dayton Talbert Show group, you know, that are afraid to speak about Jesus Christ. And just out there in general. Mark, what are your thoughts on that, though, man? I know I'm talking a lot, but, you know, we, 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 jump into it. No, you're definitely hitting it on the head, man. I mean, you're absolutely right. Uh, there's definitely, you know, less than uh, five that I could mention. And I was actually going to shout out uh, JMU as well. He definitely, uh, you know, drops the, drops that knowledge on the spiritual level, and I'm, I, I mean, I, I listen too. I, I read everyone's uh, comments and things like that, not just in the group, but just in general. Um, and you know, I, I'm inspired. Like it just inspires me to let me know that you know my my path. I'm I'm not on this path alone. Um, you know, just the whole pursuit of just living a righteous life in in an uh, evil and devilish society is a, is a challenge. It's, it's a challenge. It's like, you know, every every day I wake up, man, I feel like I'm putting on the armor um, and I'm headed out for war. Like, that's just how I feel when I when I walk out, out of my house every, every single day. And, you know, but what gives me peace of mind is to know that, you know, I'm I'm on the, I'm on the side of, of the good. I'm on the side of, of, of the righteousness. And I, I won't lose. I won't lose, like, regardless of how, I, how I'm treated or how or what people say, what people do behind my back, in front of my face. It's like at the end of the day, I'm still going to win because God is on my side. And that, I mean, that just gives me the confidence, man. Like, you know, I know that, you know, I just pray to God that my, you know, my influence will will, will change, will, will help to change those who are in limbo as I was back in the day. I mean, you know, I grew up in church, and uh, you know, when I, even when I was in the world, man, I really didn't feel like I was I was of the world. Uh, you know, I always felt like. Everything that I experienced was not only temporary, but it was fake. You know, it was it was stressful. It was disappointing, um, and I, I really was never was never at peace. Um, and it's up until you know recently that I just just submitted completely and just gave everything over to God. It's just, I mean, I really can't describe to you the level of peace that I that I have right now in my life, man. It's like I, I have I have a sense of clarity that I've really I've been yearning for. I've been like really really searching for for a long time and uh like even when it go it comes to the dating scene it's like i'm not even pressed anymore man like i still look you know i can walk past a group of dimes and just say hello and keep it moving like it's nothing um i mean it, it, it really doesn't matter man it's like I'm, I'm on a quest man i'm on a quest to just 
stay focused and just do what God wants me to do. And since I made that conscious change, uh, nothing nothing but you know good has come has come as a result of that. Right, man. And that's you know I'll be honest with you, that's a very familiar feeling, you know, from going from being lost. You know, and it's and I tell I tell women every day. I counsel women for a living, and even some men. And one of the first things I ask them is, you know, what's your relationship like with God? You know, I get women saying they've been given STDs, they have a deadbeat father in their life, they have you know baby daddy issues, daddy issues that go back to childhood. Um, you know, just hurt, pain, confusion, resentment that they're dealing with currently. I've heard it all. There's no relationship or dating situation I haven't heard. And the first thing I ask anyone is, hey, look, what's your relationship like with God? And 100% of the people, I'm talking about hundreds of people, there's not been one person that this did not, uh, this was not the case with. Every single person says, you know what, my relationship with God really isn't that great, you know, or it could be better. And, you know, that it's, it's, it's always going to translate to what's going on in your personal life. When the relationship with God is, is right, everything else is going to be right. Like Marv said, you're going to have that clarity, just like I have clarity. I was lost. I was living a, a world of sin. I was eating unhealthy. I was living unhealthy. I was just, a, a, you know, a sinful bastard. <laughs> you know what I mean? Seriously. But, you know, since I really decided to to just change my life, I have that sense of clarity. I got married. I have a daughter. You know, I have a great business, my career. The show is better now than it's ever been. The ratings are higher than they've ever been. I have more money in my bank account than I've ever had. I mean, so I could go on and on and on and on about testimony after testimony after testimony. And it's all because not being afraid to, uh, you know, to do what's right, you know, to take a stand. You know, I don't care what anybody thinks, you know, and you shouldn't either. You know, I could sit up here and talk about the sky being blue, you know, all day long, and I and I will be perfectly content doing it because I know that I'm living life from a biblical perspective, and God is happy with what's going on. You know what I'm saying? Now, when you are not, see, that's where a lot of the the, the drama starts. When you're not confident that God is happy with, not even confident, but when you know God isn't happy with the way you're living your life, well, that's when you that's when the misery starts. That's when the fakeness starts. That's when the hating starts. That's when the, the confusion starts. You know, that's when you got all these questions about, oh, you know, should I get, you know, married? Should I get go to the club? You know, this friend is hating on me. All that stuff goes away when you really get your life right with God. James, is this anything? I mean, you, you do a great job, man, of, uh, you know, posting biblical scriptures. A lot of the scriptures you post, I go ahead and repost. I mean, just giving advice from a biblical perspective, giving feedback on some of these, these, these comments and threads in the group from a biblical perspective, man. Just, you know, what are your thoughts on just this whole topic and, and why it's – and just how you feel about not being afraid to express how you feel about God? You know, Adan, I appreciate the uh, the kind comments, man. And, um, you know, I've been, I've been doing this thing for a while, man. I've mentored a lot of young men. And, um, you know, I think it boils down to one thing. Um, the reality is, man, our society has taught, especially men, that living for Christ is, if you live for Christ as a man, then you're weak. I mean, you can hear it in the music that we listen to. You can hear it from some of the ladies. You can hear it from some of the other other celebrities. You know, there's a, there's some type of, I don't know what's going on, but it's, there's some type of, uh, some, some fake thing out here that says that if you live for Christ, if you're a Christian man, then you're weak which is the absolute uh, farthest thing from the truth. You know, any man can go out here and can sleep around. Any man can go out here 
and can disrespect women. Any man can go out here and do his own thing and live without accountability. But it takes a true man, a true strong man, to submit himself to Christ, to put in the work necessary to become a godly man and to do the things that Christ would you know, that Christ has uh, put him on this earth to do, man. And so that's the biggest uh, that's the biggest thing that's going on out here. There's a lot of people out here that are downplaying being a Christian man and they're saying it's weak. And men out here, man, they just need to they need to realize that that's the farthest thing from the truth. Yeah, man, it's nothing weak about it. You know what I'm saying? It's nothing, uh, it's nothing corny about it. A lot of times you turn on the TV. And actually, I, the funny thing is I don't even hear people really saying that. You know, I think that that's the assumption. Um, but and that's the action of a lot of men, and that's why they that's the thought behind a lot of men. But I don't really know too many men. I'm not saying you don't, but me personally, I haven't encountered too many men that actually have the guts, and, you know, to say being a Christian is weak. It's just now their actions will 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 dictate that how they feel. You know what I'm saying? And it's funny, you know, you you never very rarely, it's like you never have people, you know, be honest about the fact. That their relationship with God is not where it needs to be. I mean, they'll they'll hate on your relationship. They'll say little. They'll challenge you. You know, they'll say things. They'll try to berate you for saying things like, you know, you love God, but they say, well, I don't. Why you got to go to church? You know, why do I got to go to church every Sunday? I don't have to go to church to be a Christian. I don't have to do this. You know, and the reality is, you're right. You don't. You know, but the, but but the, but when you are the type of person who genuinely has a relationship with God, you want to go to church. You want to be in the midst of that choir. You want to be in the midst of the, to hear the, you know, the pastor, to hear the word. You know what I'm saying? Don't let these, uh, these fake pastors, don't let these fake, uh, you know, the media, because that's, that's what Satan wants. Satan wants the media to, to convince you that there is, that the church is fake, that, you know, all these pastors are driving Bentleys and they want, you know, you know, million dollar a year salaries, and they're they're taking the the ties and buying you know two thousand dollar suits, and, and that does go on. But who says you have to go to those churches? You know what I mean? Every Sunday, just so y'all know, I don't care where y'all at. This is just for anybody listening, any part of the world. I feel as though I go to one of the best churches with one of the best pastors out there. If you think anything negatively about church. You know, you don't like the churches you've been through to. You don't have a church home. Look, you go to. I post a link every every Sunday. But if just so you know, FYI, jot it down. It's enontab.org. All right, ten o'clock is the service. You can watch right on your computer. Same way you're on Facebook all day, twenty four hours a day debating. You can Sunday morning watch uh, Enon's. You know, sir, my church, led by my pastor, where I go. You can watch it. You know, what I mean? so it's no excuses. They call it bedside Baptist. You know what I'm saying? You know, and that and that's where you can, you know. I mean, you, I would recommend actually getting your own church home. But if you don't, if you can't, if you don't have one, best place to go in the world, if you ask me. You know, Lewis, any thoughts on that? And we'll keep it moving to some other topics. We'll take some calls as well. Oh yeah, my my relationship with Christ is the is the most important relationship I have. You know that that should have been me you know, carrying that heavy cross through the courtyard, getting spit on, getting talked about, getting laughed at. That should have been me carrying it up the hill, but he was waiting to take my place. And, you know, relation, I'm, you know, I'm like Marv and, you know, you and the rest of the guys on the panel having a relationship with Christ as a piece. I mean, you still deal with 
odd things. You still, you know, Satan, he doesn't go nowhere. I mean, when you accept Christ, it makes him turn it up. You know, he turns it up a notch because he doesn't, you know, he he doesn't believe that you, you know, you're going to stay, stick with Christ. But, you know, there's a sense of peace. I mean, you can you can talk to Christ about, you know, just every day, you know, and he gives you direction. He gives me direction. Um, and it just, it's just a sense of peace because I don't have to worry. I don't have to try to, to, to make things happen myself. And, you know, when people think about a relationship with Christ, you know, they think, you know, when they, they, they some people don't pray because they think that you got to come and be formal and now I lay me down to sleep and all that. No, no, a relationship with Christ is like a relationship with anybody else. I mean, um, he's he's my friend. I mean, he I can talk to him about anything. I can be real with him. Uh, but, you know, you can't have a relationship with somebody if you don't ever talk to them. You can't have a relationship with them if the only time you come to them is when you need something. And, you know, I when I see posts of scriptures, it's, it's like you said, it's like crickets. I mean, one time somebody posted a scripture, they posted a check, um, and they talked, it had Christ's signature on it, you know, that his blood, his blood paid for us. I think that, that post got like two two likes. And then, like you said, then somebody can post something about some mess and get 30 likes and 30 comments. And it's just, you know, it's or, or 400 it's unfortunate. Comments. <laughs> <laughs> it's unfortunate, but, yeah, I mean, my relationship with Christ, that's, that's, that's what keeps me, definitely keeps me. Right, and let's just, like I said, I do, you guys see what I do every day. I, I post scriptures every day, all day, sometimes in the group. And, you know, I just would like to encourage everybody. I mean, this is the Friends of the Day Don Talbert Show group. As I told you all yesterday, it's now a closed group, so it's just, it's very exclusive. If you want to add yourself, go ahead. But it's, you know, I just want it to be private. And, um, you know, the, it's, in my opinion, it's, and I've been in a lot of groups, and you guys, and from what I've heard, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but there's no other group on Facebook like that, you know, where we talk about real issues, but from a biblical and spiritual perspective, you know, and in and, 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 and the realest way possible. And um, so it's, it's just a great thing, man. So, you know, everybody, it's hopefully we can all grow. You know, we're all walking our own spiritual walk. You know, but at the end of the day, it's all for a common uh, common goal. Maybe somebody's lagging a little bit. You can help them. You know, let's stop hating on each other. Let's stop always disagreeing and arguing and, and you know and bickering and really just trying to help people see, you know, help people uh, with that walk and, and get closer to God. I mean, you know, no disrespect. You know, a lot, there's a lot of foolishness that goes on out there in general. If, and I'm not knocking. It's good to have fun, but if you can have fun, it's got to be a balance. You know what I mean? Let somebody know what God has done for you. You know, shout out to everybody who was, um, you know, who, who was not affected by the storm. You know, I'm glad God answered prayers. And uh, my heart goes out to anyone who lost their lives or lost loved ones or even lost property and things like that. You know, I we nothing really had, no complaints. I mean, the screen came down on my deck outside, but, you know, that's nothing. Definitely could a lot of people going through a lot worse right now. So, you know, just really don't be afraid to say, wow, thank you. That's it. You know what I mean? I tell people every day that. You know, part of being a Christian isn't just going to church. A lot of people, I say, well, look, what's your relationship with God like? They say, well, you know, I go to church. I'm like, well, what's going to church do? I mean, I think let's talk about that real quick. Marv, you know, I mean, going to church is not for other people. Going to church doesn't help God. Going to church helps you. 
You know what I'm saying? You want to go to church. You want to praise God. You want to read the, uh, the scriptures. Even reading the Bible doesn't help God. That doesn't help anybody but you. You know, part of being a Christian is not just helping yourself, but it's mainly helping others, helping your neighbors, helping your brothers. You know what I'm saying? What are you doing for the homeless? What are you doing for the uh, just people on your Facebook friends list? Are you helping them get a better understanding of what God, you know, means to you? I'm not saying you got to go out there and stand on the corner or, you know, pass out scriptures or anything like that or the tracks, but at least update a status for your 200 friends, your 1,000 friends. I mean, that's the that's the least you can do. You know what I'm saying? Do what you can. Marvin, what, any thoughts on that? Yeah, great points, man, great points. Um, you know, I, I would just hope that, people would look at me and, you know, see see the God in me, just see the walk that I'm doing and use that as a way to, you know, to encourage them to, to want to get a closer relationship with Christ um, and, you know, find a, find a home, find a church home, and not just use church as a fashion show, man. Like a lot of people, they go to church for the wrong reasons. Some of the biggest players that I've known, man, they'll purposely go to church. They'll put on their best three-piece suit with the, with, with the matching tie and the, you know, and the handkerchief coming out the suit jacket, and they'll walk in and just and just you know just just they'll just stroll the the the, the aisles and and find you know a dime and, and sit next to them and really just play it all. But that you know that they they went in there with the wrong intentions. You know, a lot of a lot of men, you know, a lot of players they they use the church for the wrong reasons, and you know a lot of other people too. So I mean, you know, it's not like you said, it's not a just it's not just about going to church, man. You really want to. Um, you know, get that get that close walk with God, man. It starts it starts with how you interact with people, in my opinion. Um, you know, I mean, you can you can you can preach the word all day, you can post scriptures until you're blue in the face, you know. But if you're talking about people, if you're criticizing people, you know, if you're looking down on others, you know, if you're not helping your community, like all those things, man. I think I think God really puts that into consideration, man. When he when he when you finally meet your maker and you're at that you're at that date. And he's determining whether to let you in or not. Man, I really think that he looks at your walk and how you treat others, and just how you conduct yourself as a as an individual. You know, are you taking care of your family? Are you handling your business? Like those are things to me that's just second nature. Um, you know, like I, I treat people as I would want them to treat me. And you know, I have a five year old son who I love dearly, and it's like I, you know, I would never allow another man to step in and to be his father. Like I'm his father. So it's like I, I have to be an example because whether whether I do good or whether I do bad, he's still going to be still watching me, and right. you know he's going to get older. So it's like you know I really have to conduct myself in the way that God wants me. You know, Mar, that's that's some excellent points. And let me just say real quick, I'm going to say two things on the uh, the the father thing, man. <laughs> I mean, I don't. It's crazy. I can't. I mean, I've personally counseled hundreds of women, but we're not talking about nationally or anything like that. But just in my circle, in my business, you know, the the number one reason for a lot of the emotional unavailability that exists in today's society is the lack of having either a father or a positive father in your life. 100%, I mean, I won't say 100, but like at least 95% of the women that I've spoken to are dealing with some form of daddy issues as an adult. And it's like, it's crazy. Like, first, like, I, I ask women, you know, so what's the reason for our session today? 
You know, that's how I start off a lot of the sessions. And they'll say, well, you know, I'm dealing with this guy. I've been dealing with him for five years, you know, ten years. I say, okay, 20 years. I say, whoa. I said, tell me about the relationship with your father. Well, I didn't have a father. My father was a, a bastard. My father was a deadbeat. You know, and it's always, that's what I hear from 8 o'clock in the morning up until about 8 o'clock at night. You know what I'm saying? It's the same story. I, nowadays, I just I just tell them, I'm like, look, wait, wait, let me guess. You didn't have a father around. They're like, wait, how did you know that? I said, you know what I mean? It's it's that's just how it goes. If you find yourself dealing with a not so good man ninety percent of the time, it's because you you know the effects of not having that positive image of what a man should be, a Christian man should be, a father should be. You understand? And we as men really need to start taking the initiative of stepping up like Marv is doing and just being that great Christian father, you know, so that these these young men have a great example, and these young women grow up having a great example. You know, I'm taking my daughter to the Sixers game, and I plan on, you know, like at least once a month, probably with me it would be more than that, but at least I want to, that's something I like is basketball. I see us definitely going at least once a month to the Sixers games, you know, doing different things, taking her out to dinner, having daddy-daughter dates. I mean, I'm looking forward to all that. You understand that? So that's what we need more of you know, out here in the in the community. But, yeah, like I said, let's go to the phone lines. We're taking some calls tonight. We're just here talking about, you know, this is a different direction than the show usually goes in, obviously. But, you know, it's it's needed, you know. We need shows like this. I mean, turn on your radio. Turn on your TV. Where are you guys going to hear a show like this? And that's the, I'm not saying, I'm not trying to brag, but I'm just, that's the problem. I don't want to be. I don't want to have the market cornered on shows like this. We need to hear people talking like this. We need black men stepping up, talking about, I love Jesus Christ. Where's, I mean, James, when's the last time you heard anybody anywhere talking like this? Uh, you know what, they I man? There's people that get excited about uh, LeBron James winning the ring. you got people that get excited about a Jay-Z concert or, or this new Rick Ross uh, CD that's coming out. But um, very few people are, you know, very few people have a, have their priorities in order, man, where they're excited about going to church on Sunday or they're excited about teaching a Bible study, man. And uh, the Bible in uh, Matthew twenty-eight nineteen says, uh, go and make disciples of all nations. And uh, a disciple is a follower of Christ. And so if the only thing that you as a Christian is doing is, uh, is uh, just attending church every Sunday, if you're not actively engaging other people in your faith and encouraging other people to follow Christ, then you're not doing what God has put you on this earth to do. You know, going to church, attending church is fantastic, but that is not what the Great, uh, the great Commission is. The Great Commission is to go and make disciples of all nations. And as a Christian, that's our job, to get out here and to share this gospel with people, to show people the love of Christ, and to lead them to Christ. Right, right, man. This is what we do. This is barbershop talk. You know, you guys have heard us over the last several months talking about everything from sex to church to, um, you know, why we get married, why women are single, why men don't commit, why men cheat. I mean, we've talked about every issue you can think of, but there's no more important issue than what you're hearing right now. But, yeah, we'll go to the phone line, 646-200-0366. Hit the number one in your keypad. I see a call on the line from the 386 area code. Welcome to Barbershop Talk Tuesdays. Hey, what's going on, there, Don? This is Stan from Florida. Hey, Stan, what's up, man? Oh man, I'm just uh, just just sitting here, just listening to you guys, man. It's a very great topic tonight. And uh, one thing I just want to say is that uh, 
being a Christian is not just going to church, man. It's a daily walk. There's a scripture in the Bible that says that uh, Jesus said, if anyone wants to follow me, he has to, he has to deny himself, take up his course, and follow me. So we have to deny ourselves and, you know, give up on our desires, man, selfish desires and things like that, just to follow Christ. And um, since I've since I the since I gave up my life to Christ, it's like I lost all my friends, man. It's like everybody just walked away from me. Even some of my relatives, they don't want to, you know, hang out with me anymore. But, you know, but that's just the way it is. You know, you have to deny yourself and take up your course and follow Christ. So this is exactly what I'm doing. So this is, uh, this is I really like the topic tonight. Hey, Stan, let everybody know where you're calling in from. Florida. Stan from Florida, man, my man. Good to good to hear. Not just you know, because we're a little bit older, but Stan's a little bit younger than some of us, and it's great to hear. Even my man Joe in the group, younger guy in high school. It's just great to start hearing young men who who listen to the show and who are being influenced and saying, "Wow, you know what? I'm not afraid to pick up that cross." You know what I'm saying? I'm not afraid to just to take a stand. And you know, it's funny, man. I'm I'm about to be 35 this month, but it's great to hear what Stan just said. That's what happened to me. You know, now see, see, I gave my life to Christ a long time ago. Like I, you know, quote unquote, got saved. You know, when I was like, you know, a, a teenager, I got baptized on my 21st birthday. You know what I'm saying? Up at uh, when I was in college. You know, but all throughout my 20s, I lived a life where, where I, which was not indicative of, you know, someone who was passionate about God. I, I wasn't passionate. In fact, I was living for Satan, you know, as, you know, according to my actions. So, you know, the reality is, um, you know, we have to be an example. We can't just say, oh, yeah, I'm saved. I go to church. I'm this and that. Your actions have to show it, you know, and, and I can relate to exactly what Stan just said, and which really prompted the uh, the topic last night of fake fakeness. You know, like he said, all my friends left you know, except, you know, a very select few who are also living for Christ. Family turned their back. Family started hating. You know, acquaintances acquaintances started hating. And, you know, it's just like, whoa. I'm like, man, then what what happened? You know, and, and I don't, I'm not going to sit and cry about it. I'm not going to sit here and complain because it's, it's, it's biblical. That's what happens when you give your life to Christ. You know, people don't like that. Because a lot of times people can't understand it. They know where they're at. They know where they're living. You know, they know how they're living. So when they see you, because see, the the, the thought, and this is where it gets real, the thought of going to hell scares so many people. The thought of dying scares people. Just a lot of people, don't. they, they know how they're living, and they don't have that confidence. They don't have that relationship with God where they can sit back and say, Wow, you know this. You know it is. It, it is forgiven. I, yes, I fell, but I'm sorry, Lord. Let me go ahead and get get right with you, because that's what happens when, when I fall. When I do something wrong, even now, I'm still. I have that relationship where I'm able to say, "Wow, you know what? I I'm genuinely sorry for that, and it's all and it's genuinely okay." But a lot of people they don't have that relationship, so they feel as though, well, I can't go to church, I can't pray, I can't open up the Bible because I know how I'm living, and because how I'm living. It's not in accordance with what's going on in the Bible. You know, I, I'm not, I don't want to be in your presence. You know what I'm saying? And that's that's a sad, sad, it's not even sad. When, you li- when you're living like that, that is a depressing way to live. So clearly when you see people who have that peace, 
that Marv was talking about, that's going to be a it's going to be an obvious conflict. They're going to hate, not and if they're and if they don't, they're going to hate whether you see it or not. But in addition to that, they're going to remove themselves from your life. They're not going to want to be around you. You know, people in general want to be around like-minded individuals. If you're a positive person, you're going to be around positive people. If you're a depressed and miserable person, you're going to be around other depressed and miserable people who aren't doing anything with their lives. That's just, you know, that's just common sense. That's just a natural order of things. But let's go back to the phone line. I see a call here on the uh, on the show from the seven six five area code. Welcome to Barbershop Talk. This is Steve calling in late day down. What's going on, fellas? Oh, Steve, what's going on with you, man? I'm good, man. What do you think about tonight's topic? Oh, man, I got here late, but you know I couldn't miss this one. You guys are on point tonight. You know, this 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 topic, this is the one that will scare, scare a lot of people, you know, but uh, the truth's the truth, man. I mean, ever since television came out, people are just, you know, they're just distracted from what's really important and not involved and, Pretty much anything, you know. It's all about the video game, the NBA, LeBron, and you know the other panelists on the talk show. I mean, you guys are just doing a good job. And I got here late, so I'm penalized, but I made it in. Hey, it's and, all uh, good, man. It's all Yo, it's good. good. And, uh, you know, just just a great, great show. It's good to have you here as always, guys. Steve was here last night, gave some great perspectives on just fakeness, and, and you know we 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 talked about everything last night. I don't think it wasn't just about being fake. If you like, I said, if you missed it, we talked about Obama, we talked about this election, we talked about the media, you know, and what's going on. Um, definitely uh, was not was a good show, and we're just keeping it real tonight. But you know, all calls are welcome. All all uh, feedback as well. See, this like Steve said, this the, these are the shows that scare people. These are the shows people act like they don't hear. You know what I'm saying? I told y'all online, man. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be a, a, a somebody with a, just a disguise on, one of those big fake glasses and the and the fake noses. You know what I mean? The Rudy Tootie fresh and fruity disguise. That's gonna be my Halloween disguise this year. You know what I'm saying? You know, for all just being my Facebook followers, a lot of them try to act like they don't see the scriptures. They act like they don't hear these shows. They try to act like all we talk about is women. All we talk about is sex. All we talk. You know what I'm saying? I even had, let me tell y'all something, man. It's the funniest thing ever. Funny, probably one of the funniest things I've ever experienced. I was I was um, at a meeting somewhere, and um, this guy, it was like a networking event, and I had never met this guy before. He's like, you know, I shook his hand, like, you know, my name is Daydon. He said, you know, my name is John or whatever. And I was like, okay, cool, that's what's up, good to meet you. He was like, yo, man, I heard of you somewhere. He said, I heard of you. Do a, you do a talk show, right? I said, yeah. I said, he said, "Yo, what's what's your show about, man? What you?" He said, "I heard you. I heard your show was about porn. I heard, yo, what, how you tune into your show, man? I heard you heard y'all all y'all talk about is like porn, man, like an erotica and like sex. Ain't that what, that's what your show's about? I'm like, what? I'm like, sex and porn. Like, where are you where are you getting this from? And he said, and I was like, yo, where did you? I said, have you ever heard the show? He's like, well, no, I never, I never actually listened, but I'm trying to, you know, I want to get down with that, man. Somebody told me. He said, no, nah, somebody told me about you. I said, wow. I said, no, nah, man, I'm not, you know, we don't do porn. We don't talk about erotica. You know, actually, I host a show that's, you know, about relationships, but, you know, from a biblical perspective. We actually try to change people's lives, you know what I mean? We try to help introduce them to Jesus Christ. He was like, oh, what? He's like, I said, what? I said, so where, I said, where you get porn from? 
he just he looked like he saw a ghost. You know what I mean? And that's just what I experience on a on a daily uh, daily basis, man. Just weirdos out there. That's why I talk when I talk about psychos. You know what I mean? The reality is nobody told him that. That's what he came up with his on on his own. You know, it's some it's some people specifically living for for Satan out here, man. Lewis, you know anybody like that? <laughs> yeah, you know, I I had to to cut a friend off like that, then, you know, and he went to church and 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 that, but he was always trying to tempt me to do things that I shouldn't do. And, you know, and I and I say to to stand in Florida and anyone else to just keep holding up that banner for Christ because you know, the Bible says, um, if they love me, then they will love you. If they listen to me, they will listen to you. But because they didn't love me, they're not going to love you. And one one of the things that is hard for people to accept about, you know, standing up for Christ is they don't want to lose that fanfare. You know, you got to give up um, some things, and a lot of things, you know, to stand up for Christ. And people don't want to, they just want to keep grab hold of that. They don't want to lose that fame and that popularity and all them fake friends. Uh, for Christ, so you know, we just continue to stand up for Christ, and that's what we need to do. No matter whether people leave you or not, Christ will never leave you. He's always going to be a friend. He's always going to be there for you. Right. And let me just tell the ladies something real quick. You know, if I could just tell the ladies something. Look, and this is a quick break here. If if the man that you're having sex with, okay, if the man you're you're poking back and forth on Facebook. If the man who you know who you have a, a tentative date scheduled for this weekend to chill with, to hang out with, you're gonna hook up with you know that guy that you're dealing with right now. You know what I'm saying? You know if he's not talking like the men that you hear here on this panel tonight, you need to cut him loose. If your baby daddy isn't doesn't have the same exact views that we're expressing here tonight in regards to Jesus Christ. You know, he doesn't have to have the same political views. He doesn't have to like the same sports team. Um, me and Marv debate about various things, you know, but the reality is we all agree on one topic, and that's the importance of a strong, healthy relationship with Jesus Christ and, and a love for uh, Jesus Christ and not being afraid to uh, express that love for Jesus Christ. You know what I'm saying? So if that guy that you trust me, I'm telling you all, ladies, if everything will go away, all your problems will be eliminated. Hear me on this. If that guy is not what you hear, not even here, but just in general, if he doesn't genuinely love Jesus Christ, and, and see, that's what I'm saying. I don't want to just say if he loves Jesus Christ. If he, That's why I'm really using us as examples. Because anybody can say, oh, yeah, 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 I go to church. You know, I'll ask him. i say, well, look, what's this guy that you dealt with who, who abused you and who, who cheated on you and gave you STD? I said, well, what did you like? What do you like about? It? What did you like about? It? He said, "Well, no. In the beginning, we prayed together." I said, "What? You prayed? I mean, we went to church. He, you know, he said he went to church." I'm like, "Look, if if he obviously his actions are not genuine, you know, he doesn't have a genuine love for Jesus Christ, and so that's what I'm saying. Use use this show as a barometer for the type of man that you're going to move forward with in your life." James, anything to add to that? You know what, Daydon, uh, great advice. Uh, you're exactly right. Um, ladies, when you're dealing with, uh, you know, looking for a mate, you want to look at this guy's relationship with Christ. You know, it's not all about what he says. It's about his actions. And uh, Daydon makes some great posts on that. You know, stop paying attention to what these guys are, uh, you know, how these guys are blowing your head up and watch him. You know, watch him. Does he read the word? Um, does he have a regular 
uh, prayer life? Um, how does he how does he treat his pastor? How does he treat the people that are in his circle? You know, you got to look at stuff like that because there's a lot of imposters out here. Yeah, man, it's a lot of imposters. Let's switch it up a little bit. Let's. I want I want to come at y'all from a different perspective. You know, we've been talking about. Cause I started tonight's show, and I wanted to lay the foundation for you know what you know tonight's show, which is you know elite men not being afraid. You know, and please make no mistake about it, the men you hear here on this panel are what I would consider to be elite men, men with a strong, healthy love for Jesus Christ, not afraid to show it, not afraid to talk about it, and that will show in the, in the, you know the way that they live their, live their lives. You understand that? So, um, but before I go into it, I want to I want to go into a different direction as far as some of these specific sexual temptations that that we as men face, because that's you know that's what a lot of women they don't they it's funny a lot of women they think that we're the ones doing the tempting. A lot of women don't even deal with elite men, so they have no idea what those types of men struggle with. You know, this is historic right now. This is monumental. You know, I've never even heard a show like this anywhere. Where you've got it, where you get a chance to hear from some of the best men who are on fire for Jesus Christ, talking about things that they struggle with. Maybe if you guys know, send me a link or something, because I never heard nothing like this. You know. Now, this is before we get into that though. Uh, Marv said something earlier that I I could have let it pass. I could have fronted like I didn't know what he was talking about. But the reality is, Marv gave a situation about some of the guys that he would see in church who would come in there dressed up. Find a pretty little girl, pretty woman to sit next to, like, you know, play it off and, you know, go into church for the wrong reasons. And guess what? That was me and my homies. That was me. You know what I'm saying? I used to do that. Everything he just said, I did that. You know, we literally, like, we would go, because, see, I tell you every day, we were, all men are looking for wives. Okay? Everybody, everyone here on this panel, except me, because I'm married, is looking for a wife. All right, please be clear. Every man you see out there is looking for a wife. So, and I've been, and that was me for a while. I was looking for a wife for since, you know, as long as I can remember. So, what we would do was, my our routine was, we would literally try to maximize our opportunities to meet quality women. We would get as many numbers as possible, so that throughout the week we kind of sift through the, the the multitude of women to hopefully one day, you know, find a wife. So on Friday night, we would go out prior to the club or with some type of event. Saturday night, same thing. Sunday, go to church. Come in 3, 4 o'clock in the morning after doing God knows what. Still got up, got the suit ironed, you know, went to church. Specifically targeted churches that were, you know, known to have a high number of single black women, um, you know, which is most churches nowadays. But we found the ones where it was like, you know, a plethora, you know, of women, and, uh, you know, that's what we would do, get the fresh cut, you know what I mean, nice suit, tie to match, handkerchief, all that, you know. Mark, what you know about that, man? Did you know that you were talking about me? <laughs> Suited and booted, man. Suited and booted. That's, that was the that was the phrase I used to use when I would go to church, man. Like, I had three power suits. I had a little navy blue, you know, the, the heather gray. And then the jet black man, and you know, it, I mean, it worked every time. It worked every time. Like, not only was I in the church, you know, trying to find a guy to sit next to, like, I would actually set it up where I knew a particular woman that I was dealing with, 
she would go to a church and I'll say, Look, I'll see you in the in the parking lot. Meet me at the parking lot, you know, after the after the sermon, after you go around and, and you know, say God bless to everybody, you do what you do. Meet me at the meet me in the parking lot and let's go let's go to IHOP real quick and get something to eat and go back to my spot. So like, you know, I mean just the church was nothing but just just uh, uh, an arena for for people like myself and yourself and others, you know, to just do to, to just do dirt, man. And now that I think back, man, like you know, I wasted a lot of time because I'm pretty sure that the pastor was preaching some some powerful stuff, but I wasn't even paying attention. <laughs> hey, man, I'm gonna take it a step further because that's the funny thing. <laughs> man, my homies, if they're listening, they know is forget what the pastor was saying and we weren't paying attention after the praise and worship after the, the tithes and offering after the choir sang after we kind of made the connections that we, we we wanted to make saw who we wanted to see yo we left <laughs> when the pastor came on and started preaching a lot of times we would be like falling asleep you know because we didn't get in the four in the morning so i would just kind of give him that look he would give me that look we look at our other homie give him that look like yo What's up? Y'all ready? <laughs> Y'all trying to be out? And we were gone. You know, keep it real, Mark. You ever do that? You ever leave before the sermon was even over? <laughs> I left, Yeah, sometimes I would leave before the sermon, and, I, you know, I leave before Holy Communion. You know what I mean? I definitely leave before offering. I, I wasn't trying to put no money in no basket. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that wasn't my agenda for, for the day. You know, I was trying to get some numbers and be out. So I could definitely relate to that. Man, New Year's Eve was the <laughs> don't don't get me started on New Year's Eve what we used to do, man. Like that's the and I it's funny because I can look back on this you know and this and laugh, you know and you know it's just a, a a testament to God that men like all of us really who who live certain lifestyles, you know did not always live in a way that would be pleasing to God that He could you know really turn us around and change our our lives and change our hearts you know, to be able to do what we do today. But the reality is, you know, on New Year's Eve, we would literally, you know, wear an outfit that was, like, neutral. So we would go to, you know, go to church and be out literally right after midnight, gone. You know, might even a little bit before that, but probably, you know, right after midnight, hit the club. A lot of times on New Year's Eve, the clubs weren't closing until, you know, I mean, that's if we went to church at all. A lot of times we kind of we didn't even go, but some some years we would just kind of go and be like, all right, you know, they got a lot of chicks there, so everybody comes on it, so we'll just go New Year's Eve, you know, we'll say, oh yeah, and I was in church on Sunday, you know, or, or New Year's Eve, but we never really talked about what we did after the club, you know, or after church in the club. So this is deep stuff out here, man. Lewis, any thoughts on that? <laughs> I mean, this 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 is very interesting. I'm laughing over here, but you know, the reality is is that does go on in church, and like you all are saying, it just goes to show, you know, how great and the power of, of Christ in your life that, you know, you can go from, um, you know, going to church uh, and, and, and just, just kind of trying to, to, to find you know, to find some women and then to, from going to ducking out on the, the sermon to, to actually listening to the sermon and getting something out of it. So it's, it's, it's definitely a testament. It's definitely interesting, too. Right, man. Let me just tell y'all something. I, this was on my mind earlier, and I think a lot of people really need to they need to see things for what's really going on out here. See, a lot of people think this we're living in like you think this is a joke. You know, a lot of people don't put the connection 
between together between what the Bible says is going on and what we see actually going on out here. I mean, like, we're seeing unprecedented things. I'm a 35-year-old man, and I'm seeing things I've never seen before. Like, there's never been an earthquake in Philadelphia. Like, you know, the fact that you we felt, I felt an earthquake like a couple years ago here in Philly. That's crazy. You know what I mean? New York was flooded, you know, yesterday and even right now. You know, Jersey, like, this is not, that stuff doesn't happen. There's never, I've never seen a storm like this. I've never heard my windows shaking like they were shaking last night. And we've had, you know what I'm saying? These things don't happen. A couple of years ago, we had the biggest snowstorm in the history of this state. You know what I mean? You know, back in the day. Yeah, but then if you look around, you turn on the news, you see, you know, uh, the corruption. You look at the government that is run by people who worship Satan. A lot of people don't understand what's happening. Do you guys know what I'm? what's happening? The government is run by people who worship Satan. Like, there's a reason why the Bible talks about be aware of, of dark uh, forces and, and evil and spiritual wickedness in high places. What do you think the Bible means when it talks about spiritual wickedness in high places? High places meaning the presidency of the United States. The government, high place, doesn't get no higher than the government. Spiritual wickedness. It's not a coincidence you see Barack Obama throwing up certain satanic hand symbols. Mitt Romney throwing up the same exact hand signal. You know what I'm saying? Certain strategic placing of, of colors and other imagery, you know, demonic symbols, the stars in the circle. Go, go ahead and real quick, do something. We're going to do something together real quick. We're going to do a little experiment. This is kind of off topic. But everybody, you're in front of your computers right now. Type in, go to Google, and type in Obama, and I'm doing it as we speak. Obama Biden 08. Okay? Type in Obama Obama Biden 08 and uh Google Google that and then click on images and just scroll down. And I'll let you guys do it in your own time. But scroll down and what you will see, I can I can guarantee you already see it one of them, but you will see a you know how they have the change symbol that Obama little circular thing with the, the you know the little rainbow type of thing going on. But there's also another symbol floating around out there that I saw the other day. It's Obama Biden in a circle, but instead of that little rainbow thing that they have going on, there it's actually a star in the circle. You know, which if you guys know anything about demonic imagery, the star in the in a circle is the symbol of Satan. You know, and that was the original Obama Biden it's fa- it's funny. I'm actually looking. I think they may have even deleted it. They may have got rid of. It. I see one, but I just saw it yesterday, and I actually posted on, on in the friends group. Lewis, you're good for that type of stuff. No, you have, you know what I'm talking. I know. I wish Nakia was here. She sees all that stuff. Lewis, you know what I'm talking about. I'm looking. You you got me checking right now because you know because you know back in '08 uh, was before you know my eyes were really open. Uh, by a lot of uh, the knowledge you've been dropping, so I probably it probably would have just flown over my head back then. But you got me checking right now, looking for it. Look, I don't even you know these these bastards, man. I think they yo like you said. That, oh, I see one thing, but they don't even have. They took them off. There's a sign. I was driving down the street and I saw it. My neighbor of my mom's house has it. If I gotta just go up there and take a picture with my cell phone, it's a sign. That's where I saw it. But it was this literally an Obama Biden sign with a star right in the middle of a, a circle, right above. And it's like, whoa, 
and you guys just got to watch out for stuff. So this is what I mean when I'm talking about spiritual wickedness in high places. And if you look hard enough, I'm sure you'll find it. And I'll, I'll find it by the end of the night. But I'm going to have to dig deep and go to some other places. You know, I don't want to freak y'all out. I don't want to get too deep into it. They control all this stuff. You know what I'm saying? They control a lot of things that you Google. You know, they control what you see when you do certain searches. When you go to Wikipedia, the the things that you see from certain people, you know, they control what is being shown. You're not going to see all everything that they don't want you to know about. And Wikipedia doesn't you know, cover everything. But you know, like I said, we'll you know we'll come back to that. I mentioned um, the yesterday, the day before election day. We're going to be doing a show, Nikia and I, and Courtney will be here as well, where we're going to be talking about just, you know, the government and everything that you wanted us to talk about, we're going to talk about. You know, what's really going on with Obama, what's really going on with Romney, you know, what what, what Ron Paul is talking about, you know, what the voting process really means, what is the electoral college. We're going to give you everything you need to know before you go to those polls on uh, on on, uh, on Tuesday. So definitely, you don't want to miss that show, Marv. You had a pretty interesting, uh, interesting debate going on in the group about Courtney said that she wasn't, she wasn't voting. Anything you want to say about that? She that? wasn't. Oh, that she wasn't voting. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it's just amazing how you know when you point out all of these, uh, these signs, um, and then just, just you know, just from your own input about, um, you know, your thoughts uh, about Obama and just about the political system in general. Um, it's just amazing that people will still combat that when you're presenting them with clear evidence. Um, I mean, I, I don't really know how much clearer one man can be. And, you know, I mean, you are just one of many sources that are out here really, you know, trying to expose it. But at the same time, I'm noticing that the people who are in high positions who are against the political system are literally disappearing. It's like they, the media pulls the plug on their, um, you know, on their platform. And this, and this, I mean, when you look at the consistencies of that, um, I mean, you you can't chalk that up as a coincidence. I mean, it's it's everything is, is is being done for for a specific purpose. So I mean, it's not that you know the coincidence. I mean, that, that's too big of a coincidence for people to really just deny. So when I when I see people who comment on threads, um, like tonight when uh, you know, when Courtney made that made that comment, I mean, she was she was pretty direct with that. She was crystal clear. She said, "Look, world, I ain't voting." Period. You know, and then just to have people to combat that. Well, why? You know, oh, um, you know, Obama, Obama, 2012. What's up? And I'm like, you know, well, why are you voting? And and it's like the responses that you get is is just absurd. I mean, it's ridiculous. And you know, people don't really have a clear um, response to that. They'll say, well. Because I don't want my grandmother to be be disappointed. I think somebody mentioned that. I'm like, are you serious? Like, you know, maybe you should sit your grandmom down and, and let her know what's what's really going on out here. Because you know, no disrespect to grandmom, but maybe she's just ignorant. Maybe she just doesn't have a clue. Like my mom and my daddy, they'll they'll tell you right now, I'm voting for Obama because he's black. I'm like, come on, man. Like, but you know, they my mom and dad, so I really can't go in on them like I want to. Uh, but it's it's just you know, it's just amazing that people really. Stand firm on ignorance. Yeah, you know, and it's, it's you know, Mar, we got a lot of similarities, man. Literally last weekend, I had a debate, a big debate with my mom and dad. You know, and that's just you know, it, it, no disrespect to them or you know Marv's parents or his mommy, or really anybody. But like you said, it's you know, once you have that information, 
it's very hard to to not see what's going on out here. And so, but like I said, tune into that show. Where we'll get in, you know, a lot more deeper. But you know, no disrespect to anybody who's voting. You know, if you vote, you know, our ancestors fought hard for the choice to be able to vote. See, back in the day, you weren't even allowed to. So I like to exercise my right to do so. I don't want to do something just because I can. I can drink beer if I, I don't drink beer. I can, you know, I can do a lot of things. I can go bungee jumping right now if I wanted to. I don't, you don't, nobody does everything that they can do. You don't do certain things. I don't smoke cigarettes. I could. I'm, I'm 18, but, you know, I don't want to. You know, you don't have to vote. If you feel passionately about, you know, what's really going on out here in the government and you, that's not a process that you want to partake in, then guess what? You don't have to. And I said that last night, and, you know, we'll continue to say it leading up until election. Don't let anybody peer pressure you into doing something, you one, you don't understand, and two, you deep down genuinely don't want to do, you know. And I feel pressured, you know, and I'm just being honest with you. I feel pressured. So if I feel pressured, and I, I'm, <laughs> I feel very little pressure in life, period, but I even feel pressured to, to do certain things in regards to this political process. And so that's how deep it is, man. People will literally hate you and hate on you just for exercising your right not to do something you don't want to do. It's crazy out here, man. It's crazy out here. But, yeah, we'll continue talking about this. Let's talk about sex, though. You know, let's switch it up and talk about sex. You know, like I said, you know, when you are – we talked a couple weeks ago about um, this, just the temptations that men face in regard – and not only men, but just women and people, Christians – face once they give their lives to Christ, you know, Sunday afternoons, we talked a couple weeks ago about being some of the the biggest days for sex, you know, you're feeling great, you got the word, you got the communion, you did everything that you did, and then, you know, next thing you know, Sunday night, you you know, you're blowing somebody's back out, or you're getting your back blown out, and it's like, whoa, I just was, was, you know, praising and worshiping, what happened, you know, let's talk about that, man, James, start it off. What are some temptations that you faced, you know, sexually? I'm talking about sexual temptations, temptations with women who were not where you're at, who were trying to get you in the bed, women poking you on Facebook, women, you know, coming to your crib dressed a little, you know, a little seductively. Is that anything you've ever experienced, sexual sexual temptations out there? You know, Daydon, as a as a Christian man, um, I can tell you this, man. I temptation is something. Sexual temptation is something I, that I struggle with and I face um, almost on a daily basis. And um, you know, a lot of people think, you know, because you're Christian and because you love God, that you don't deal with those type of issues. Uh, but the reality is that you know we live in a highly sexual society, and a lot of these women out here, man, they like I said, it goes to the way they dress. It comes from the vibe that they're they're sending off. Um, it's almost as if it's uh, it's like a war out here, man. And you know, my biggest as a man that's looking for a wife, that is my biggest struggle, is trying to find a woman that's willing to chill out on the sex, you know, for six months to a year, long enough for me to get a chance to give her that ring, to commit to to you know to get the engagement on and to get married. You know, there's very few women out here, you know, that I met that are willing to you know to chill out on the sex and you know take some time to. Develop their relationship with God and take some time to get to know you. I mean, that's really what it is, man. <clears throat> you know, it's unfortunate that we have to fight this hard just to live right. <laughs> you know what I mean? I told y'all the other night I've had women come to my my apartment, 
you know, in a trench coat. Like a lot of y'all think that stuff just happens in movies or TV shows. No, that that actually happened to me. You know, I've had women do all types of things. You know, I've told women, hey, look, I'm trying to be celibate. You know, I'm just I'm trying to live for Christ, and um, you know, so I'm just I'm not trying to do that. And it, that they'll be turned off. <clears throat> I've I've encountered that. You know, I've had people look at me as being a weirdo, even friends. You know, who would who would look like, whoa, you're not having sex? Like, why? Like, why why are you doing that? And kind of ostracize me. You know, just because I wanted to you know, do things the right way. And, you know, that's what, but you got to realize that's what Satan wants. He wants you to feel unpopular. He wants you to feel uncool so that you can go ahead and conform to what everybody else is doing out here. You understand that? It's deep stuff, man. And, and Lewis, is that, now, Lewis, you've actually, um, you know, struggled a lot. You say we've talked about this temptation that you have, man. Anything you want to say about uh, your struggles with, with sex and temptations with sex? Yeah, I had one time had a woman take my hand and put it on her breast. You know, I was like, you know, I knew I had to get up out of there because you know you you can't stick around. You know, you got when you see that kind of stuff going down. You know, if you if you've made a stand, you know, you got to get just get up out of there. But you know, I can identify with what James is saying and what you're saying in the sense that uh, you know women they lose interest. You know, and I'm talking about Christian women. I mean, I'm not talking about you know, street walkers and all that kind of stuff. I'm talking about women that talk about they love Christ. I mean, they lose interest uh, when you tell them that sex is off the table. So I'm like James, you know, we men that are trying to live for Christ, and we don't, we're not going to have these women in these on and off relationships for four years, and it's complicated. We're trying to lock it down six months to a year. That ring is coming out. And, and like you said in your case, Dadon, that ring was on layaway uh, in six months. Uh, nine months it was on. So um, we can find a, a woman that, you know, just we can get to know you and, and you have a real relationship with Christ. Um, and if sex is not an issue, then in six months to a year, uh, that ring is coming out. But I definitely understand what you all are saying, and temptation is, is out there. It's, it's, it's hard, but you got to hold the line. Yeah, man. I'll tell you all one, one quick story about, um, matter of fact, why I get that together. Marv, what, what, what temptations have you experienced sexually? What's funny is it, it seems like the moment that I made a conscious decision to, you know, to live for God and just and just live righteous and, and just allow him to just order my steps, it just seems like that's the moment when the freaks started to really show their ugly heads. Um, I mean, like, just, just from... For my interactions, like, you know, when I do what I do, like, I'll, I'll visit different, you know, uh, uh, schools, homes, whatnot, and, you know, I work with a lot of single moms, and, you know, I mean, like, they they look good, and I always catch them, I always catch them when they're, you know, when they're, when they're, when they're chilling, like, I'll go to the home and, and, and work with their son or whatever, provide therapy, provide some type of service, and, you know, the mom will come downstairs in a, in a, in a tight outfit, and it's like, I know why she's doing it. You know, the man in me, the flesh in me wants to get that second look. Like, but you know what I mean? I, I, it just seems like I have to always, always throw them, throw them, some spiritual shades on, man. Like before, before I interact with these women, and just, and just, and just put, and just ignore them, and and just do my best. But you know, I will be lying if I said it, that it, it, it is easy because because it's not. But I think what makes it, what makes it, what makes it easier. Um, for me to just get through and not and not you know and not submit to it is my firm belief you know in God and just trusting Him that He's going to supply me with that woman that I've always wanted 
you know, the woman that's really going to just, just take my life to a whole nother level spiritually. I mean, it's in every, in every aspect and those quickies, those one night stands, you know, that, 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 you know, that dealing with multiple women and just, just juggling multiple personalities and dealing with the drama and, you know, taking them out, trying to show and prove. It's just like, you know, those days are over, man, because, you know, I've lived that life and I already know what the outcome is going to be. You know, after you do what you do with the female, it's like that next five minutes after you do your thing, it's just like, all right, man, like that five minutes is just filled with regret and just disappointment in yourself. And, you know, you try to play it off and, and spark spark conversation like yeah you know it was good I, I, especially like the way you you know you had your leg up the way you did that was all that but in the, but in the back of your mind you're like damn you know I I really feel like like I let I let I let God down I let myself down so um, you know I've really really been taking a stand for for a significant amount of time now and um, it's 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 paying off man I, and I can't thank God enough for that yeah man absolutely and, and one of the things that I've been doing uh, lately is is uh with my counseling sessions is is asking women <clears throat> specifically, you know, how do you feel about sex? Like what's your thoughts on sex? You know, if you guys have done sessions with me, you know, we've we've most likely talked about that because th- I found like I said there's this there's this this thing that women feel that that we as men we look for that. But when in reality, we, that like Marv said, that immediate minute or two minutes, like almost the the, the initial like 10 to 20 seconds after it's done is like the worst. That's when you feel the absolute worst. But then, you know, you, you know, you kind of you feel it gets worse and worse and worse and just goes downhill because you're then trying to like you said make a bad situation somewhat bearable. So like you said, you'll you'll ask the the questions that you really could care less about the answers. You have that awkward conversation, that that awkward silence, you know, will be in there as well. So I mean, it's just something that you want to avoid at all costs. I know we as men want to avoid it at all costs. There's no such thing as good fornication. Wait till you wait till you hear tomorrow night's show. If you're a newer listener, a lot of you haven't even heard a lot of the, the classic shows from me and Gerald that we did. This was probably, I mean, just total, you know, period, you know, one of the best shows ever. But definitely one of the best shows me and him did, and um, give you just a different feel, different perspective of how the show, with the show, how the show has grown. But you know, we're going to talk about how God feels about sex and 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 how it how it, it's so impure when it's done the wrong way. You know what I'm saying? And you know, it's uh, it's deep. You know what I'm saying? Steve, what's up with you, man? You ever had any type of sexual temptation? Oh, they died, man. Church girls. I wish I did live back in the fifties and the sixties. And man, it's man. You know, just just it's just a disappointment. You know, to find out to some of the girl that the girls that are the freakiest. I mean, I believe they're more freaky than the women in the club. It's just it's the church girls, and, and it's unfortunate, you know. And it's like you try to deny sex. You're like, no, I don't want to mess up a good relationship. You tell her that, she gets turned on even more. And then, uh, you know, then you have the girls that get turned off. And uh, next thing you know, you know, they're uh, coming by the house. I left, you know, I left the DVD over there. And, 
You know, and like you said, man, you know, Valentine's Day come. They come over with Valentine's Day lingerie. I'm like, whoa. I'm like, uh, I thought you said you were going to come by and get a DVD that you left on. No, no. (laughs) It's a mess, man. And, man, we're really trying to live for God. We're living for God in the flesh, and the devil knows that. So the devil re-engineers society's culture so that, and deceive the women through free love so that he can attempt, attack the, the nature, you know, the nature of men. Because the original nature of men was to deny sex until marriage. We were supposed to do that as well until marriage. And, and, and now everything has changed now. Now now men just, manhood is based on how much sex you can get out of a woman. When right. that wasn't the original intent, data, so it's just all perverted out here now. Man. Oh, it's very perverted, Steve, it's, and it's unfortunate. You're right, man. That's it's this testosterone thing. But see, the testosterone back in the day was who could get the most sex. Nowadays, it's who can post the best biblical scriptures. It's who can show their love for Jesus Christ the most. That's what real men are. These dudes that I talk, I, you know, listen. You know, I look at these guys on my Facebook friends list. I did a video blog entitled Black Men Who Need to Grow a Set. Check out my YouTube page while you guys are online, man. Go to go to YouTube.com slash AskDadon and watch all my YouTube videos. Subscribe to the page. There's a lot of good information there. That It's a good supplement to the private counseling sessions as well as these shows. Maybe you don't have three hours or two hours to listen to a whole show. A lot of these topics can be found. I've done maybe about maybe 30 or 40 uh, video blogs, but, you know, four to five minute, minutes long, but still really good information. And um, I look at some of these these weirdos out here, man, these, these cornballs. Like, they're, they're literally doing the things that I did, you know, at, at 35 and 40. You know, like, I, you know, going to, standing in lines, you know, you graduate from standing in lines to knowing the promoter. So now you get to bypass the line. Now you can get in for free. It's like, you know, you got the, the, the everybody staring at you as you walk to the front. It's like, oh, oh whoop-de-doo, you know. I don't have to pay. I, I don't have to stand out here with the rest of these guys. Okay, I'm I'm someone special. The bouncer, you give him a handshake, he knows you, you go right in. Okay, great, you're cool now, you know what I mean? Uh, somebody else at the door taking the money, they just put a wristband around you. Now you go up there, get your drink. You know, it's a ridiculous drink. You're going to be, you know, nursing the whole freaking night. You know what I mean? You got women posted up trying to get your attention because they think you're somebody because they saw you bypass the line. It's like, oh, yeah, you got some freak thinking that you're cool. You know, what are you going to do, get her number, take her home, have sex? I mean, that though, that lifestyle is 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 one that I'm all too familiar with. Now, the, the only problem with that is, you know, nowadays these dudes aren't even doing that. These dudes are waiting in the lines. They're getting in there. They're not getting like a drink. They're getting bottles. They're paying these promoters four or five hundred dollars to get a table. They're getting like a, another five hundred dollar bottle that they're gonna split with their friends and the drunk models, wanna be Twitter models and Instagram models who are gonna wanna drink the bottles that they paid their hard earned money for. Making their minimum, you know, from their minimum wage job, their telemarketing job, they come in there with these expensive clothes on, thinking that they're doing something. When these guys shop at Payless, you know what I'm saying? These guys shop at Marshalls, thinking that they're doing something. You know, you're not doing anything. 
You know what I'm saying? You popping bottles when you work at, you know, you work in a, <laughs> in a call center. <laughs> Ain't impressing nobody. Marv, you know any call center players out here? <laughs> Minim- <laughs> minimum wage players, man. Look, minimum wage players, man. So I, that's, that's what they are now, man. It's crazy, man. I, I, I don't really understand, you know, what, what they intend to get out of that, to get out of that night, man. I mean, you know, is it really balling when when eighty y'all is splitting a bottle of Ciroc? I mean, like everybody only gets a shot a piece. I mean, that's that's not that's not balling, man. I mean, and even if you know, even if you could afford it, and you are playing your part, um, you know, the women that you're attracting. I mean, let's just be real; they they're not attracted to you because you'll make a good father, you'll make a good husband. You know, they see dollar signs, so it's like you know, you 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 put yourself in a position. You're going to attract who you're going to attract. So that's why I'm so confident now that, you know, the next woman that I, that I meet or that I encounter, I mean, she's going to be, she's going to want me for me because I'm not putting myself out there like, you know, like, you know, all right, I could, I could buy the world, you know, you know, let's, let's, you know, let's ride out in the sunset. Let's do this. Let's do that. Like, I'm not going to project myself that way. Like I'm not going to the club no more. I'm done. I'm done with that. Like that whole VIP posted up, you know, you know, just, just, being in Mac mode for three hours. I mean, them days are over for me because I, it always attracted, you know, the, the type of woman that I, would, I wouldn't even want to, you know, spend the rest of my life with, let alone, you know, an entire night. I mean, it's, it's, it's a sad scenario these days. But, I mean, fast forward to 2012, I mean, it's like they don't even know how to be players anymore, man. I don't know what's going on in the club. The last club I went to, man, I was just laughing to myself the whole night because I'm like, you know, this is not how you do it. Like, how are you going to be a VIP? It's 13 dudes, you know, with one bottle of Ciroc. Like, how, that's not balling. I mean, if you're going to do it, do it right. If not, don't do it at all. Yeah, man. It's it's a joke out here. And I don't know who's worse, worse, those dudes or the women who they leave with at the end of the night. Going back to their, their apartment, you know, where, they're, where they have, you know, lights turned off, you know, bills are past due eviction notices in the trash can that they just took off the door from that morning. I mean, the, the reality is, you know, nobody's balling out here like that. And, and the guys who are balling are like these drug dealers. A lot of times it's not even, it's not what you think it is. So many hustlers out here and you wonder why it's like, wow, how is he, how does he have tattoos all over his body, but still drives this car, but lives in this place, has the money to do all of these things. You know, Marv, you work, I work. I've, I listen. I know what a Mercedes car note is like. Okay, like you can't. You know, I I get it, and I got mine the the real way. You understand that? The legitimate way. A lot of these guys, and I know what that's like. So you know, that's when I speak about certain issues, and I see certain men doing a certain thing. I know how much take home money you're gonna have left if you make. $70,000 a year, $80,000 a year, you know, let alone, you know, when you're working at the call center making $11 an hour. I know what that's like. You're not buying no bottles of Ciroc, you know, or any bottle for that matter, rosé. You know, those are the hustlers. So, ladies, don't, I guess the point of all this is don't be impressed by those guys and expect your life to turn out the way you want it to, okay? Listen to the what we, these types of men on this show are saying, and those are the types of guys who are are who are living and repping Jesus Christ. You know, you know what I'm saying? Not the ones who claim to, just based off of what you said, but 
when you can just look at their lifestyle and see, whoa, like, whoa, this is this is what's really going on. This is what, how he really feels. Let me tell you one of the best stories or the best experiences of my life. And I've told this story a million times but never here on Barbershop Talk. And, um, and I know Courtney's going to roll her eyes because she's probably heard this 50 million times and some of you got other guys who are faithful listeners. But for the newer people, one of the best experiences with sex uh, or, or sexual or about sex, I should say, was when I went on a first date with this young woman. Now, we had been talking for a few days and, or a few, few weeks, actually, and I um, was really feeling each other, really uh, had a good connection. And, um, you know, I was really – I got a, a sense that she was genuinely a good girl. You know, and Marv knows and James knows and Steve, and we all know a good girl when we see one. You know, we know the pretend good girls when we see them. You know, we know the emotionally available women, the women who we're like, whoa, this is someone good. I need to wipe that up ASAP. We, you know, and she was one of those women. So one of the things that I, we were at dinner, and she says to me, you know what, I, I want to talk to you about something. I said, okay, cool, what's up? And she was like, you know, I just, I want to tell you something, but I don't really want to, I don't want to tell you, I'm afraid to tell you. I said, really, why? Well, I mean, we've been talking this whole time, and we've talked about just about everything, on the phone for hours and things like that. She said, well, I just got to tell you something. You know, I'm, I'm very afraid because I don't want you to be turned off. I'm afraid because I really like you. And if I tell you this, I'm afraid that you're not going to want to deal with me anymore. I said, no, trust me. I can just about guarantee you that's not the case. You know, but she was like, look, okay, well, I'm going to tell you. She was like, you know, the reality is is I'm not, I, I don't have sex. I said, okay. She's like, no, I mean, she's like, no, really. She's like, that's not something I do. Like, I'm not having sex with you. She's like, if this goes somewhere, we're not going to. She's like, I don't, I'm not doing that until I get married. I said, all right, that's cool. I said, so what do you want to tell me? Like, what's the big, like, what's this great revelation? She's like, no, that's it. She said, usually when I tell men that, they, they leave. They, they lose all interest in me, and I really like you, and that's why I didn't, I didn't want to tell you that because I don't, I don't want to scare you off. And, and that was internally, you know, one of the best experiences that I've had. And I think that, you know, a lot of women, they, they don't understand how much these men in that ready-to-settle-down stage want to hear a woman say those words and actually mean it. You understand? See, when you're talking about elite men, when you're talking about men who are genuinely living for God, see, there's a little thing called discernment, okay? That means, what that means, in case you don't know, that means we can spot BS a mile away. That means when when you're a freak, we know you're a freak. If you're a hoe, we know you're a hoe. But if you're genuine, we know that you're genuinely telling us the truth. Just like just like I knew that she was genuine when she said she wasn't having sex. Was she a virgin? No, she wasn't. She had been with two people, two boyfriends from her past, and she said that you know what those that's what you know that those situations happen. But she's made a decision. She's been celibate for three years, and she was not going to have sex. And that was just a great experience because I could tell that she meant it. And living for Jesus Christ was something that was was uh, was special to her. James, as a matter of fact, I'll go to you. Come to you next, Lewis. As a man, I already know you're smiling over there because as a man who has also made that same decision, what would you give right now to hear a woman say those words to you? How could you? How did you guess I was smiling? I guess that was a good guess. Oh man! Oh my goodness! I heard a woman say that. Oh. Whew. Because it just seems like, you know, sometimes, it, it, well, sometimes, a lot of times it gets discouraged. I mean, 
you tell a woman that you're a virgin, it's like telling them you got AIDS. And I know that was a harsh thing to say, but it's the truth. I mean, that's how they respond to it. If a woman said that to me, oh, man, I would just I'd just be blown away. You're talking about... You talking about wanting to turn a man on, and I'm not talking about sexually. But I mean, if you really want to turn a man on that's living for Christ, you tell him something like that and mean it. I'm not talking about that, you know, you just not having sex because you ain't found the right person. I mean, if a woman who made a choice to be celibate because of her relationship with Christ, oh, man, I mean, that was, I would just be blown away if I heard that. I'm telling you, God, the wife would just be exploding in my head if a woman said something like that to me. Man. Listen, I already know. I already know that that's why I came to you first because, see, there's no, and that's how I was. That's how every man would be. And you see how, I mean, this is Lewis. You guys all know Lewis. You know he's a great dude. You know, and you hear just the excitement in his voice. If he that would have, that you know, just the thought of finding a woman who would not have sex with him. That's the problem, ladies. Y'all think we want to have sex. Y'all think I had I had a young woman tell me today. She said, "So how do you think men feel about sex?" She said, "Well, they just want it. They want it all the time. They they want to uh, get as much of it as they can." I said, "What?" I said, "We're trying to get as little of it as we can. We want women to tell us no. We want to meet the woman who is celibate and trying to live that way. But the problem that's why these men are single. That's why these men aren't putting rings on layaway. You know what I'm saying? Because you guys are having sex." And I'm not, listen, please don't mistake what I'm saying and confuse it for us blaming you. Because this isn't a matter of blame. This, because if you be, you know, to be real about it, if you want to, we want to blame anybody, we'll blame ourselves. But listen to what's being said. We are looking for women who are not having sex. Now, if we determine, are we, you know, that you are having sex, am I going to sit here and say that those men won't have sex with you? No, I'm not. In fact, they probably will. But that's where the that's where the regret comes in. That's where the disappointment comes in in both you and us. There's a, this is just this is not this show is not about talking about what's right. It's not about, you know, how you want things to be, how things even should be. This is about how things are. How things are and what will happen if you follow the script and you know, and what will happen if you don't. The Bible says for the wages of sin are death. You know what I mean? If you sin Things will not work out well for you. If you don't, then things will work out for you. It's very simple. It's deep stuff right here, man. James, real quick, let me ask you, man. If you if you had a woman say that to you, man, just you know, I'm just I'm 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 celibate. Not I'm trying to be celibate. Not I'm not like most of these women out here talking about something. Well, I'm celibate, which really means well, I broke up with my ex and I'm fed up with men, so I'm not giving nobody no sex for the next several months. Not talking about that. I'm talking about women who genuinely are celibate. How would you respond to that, James? You know what, Adon, man? If I met a decent-looking lady that has that mentality, man, um, I can definitely tell you that um, I would put her in a category a step above any other woman that I've ever met before. She would definitely be the type of woman that would, that would get that opportunity to be my family, and she would definitely be the type of woman that would get the chivalrous treatment that some of the other women did not get and will not ever get. Um, you know what, to be honest with you, man, I... Uh, you know, I've, 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 the last two women that I dated, man, didn't last very long, but the last two women that I dated were Christian women. And, um, you know, they, they put up that front as if they were, you know, God's greatest gift to this earth. And they were the holiest women. But uh, a lot of these women don't realize, man, is that, you know, elite men have that Holy Spirit inside of us, man, and we have that discernment. 
and we're really looking for the woman that you know that we're really looking for the woman that God has for us. God will warn us. He will open up our eyes and help us to see that promiscuity even before we get deep into a relationship with you. And you better believe if there's any type of sexual coming off from your Facebook posts, from the words you say, from your actions, from the clothes you wear, if there's any type of sexual vibe coming from you, an elite man is going to turn in the other direction. And you and Dayton is totally on point. Some of these men out here, they will sleep with you. You know, they'll sleep with you and then they'll toss you to the side and they'll go and look for the other woman that they can take home to meet their mom. Mm, that's exactly what happens. Listen to what he just said. These men will have sex with you. And if you get caught up in trying to play this blame game and trying to rationalize what you did based on the things he said to you and his action, you will be single. You know, my mom, she always used to tell me, look, you know, you look both ways before crossing the street. I don't care what color that light is. You make sure you look both ways because you can be right. She said you, she said, you can have the right away. You, she said, but you can also be dead. You know, you can be laying up in the hospital with two broken legs. So, yeah, you tell that to the nurse that you had the right away. doesn't matter. Ladies, y'all can be right. A lot, a lot of this debating that y'all do, a lot of this arguing that y'all do, it doesn't, none of it matters. You're, you'll be single. If you, if you, listen, if you debate about just about anything in the group, if you find yourself debating with any man in the group that I've really seen, giving advice from a male perspective, and you find yourself disagreeing or debating, I can almost guarantee you are single and will be single. Listen to the things that are being said from a biblical perspective. Okay? That will really help you get where you need to be uh, emotionally and, and, you know, all that. Let's talk about some, um, uh, real quick, well, I got you here, Louis. Now, see, you've actually, a lot of people don't know, you mentioned it before on the show, we've talked about it, but you're actually a virgin, man. Why are you a virgin? Just real quick, what does that mean to you? It means, to me, it means I'll have something, you know, that I can give to my wife that no other man can boast about, but, you know, it means that, that you know, I'm, I'm, you know, trying to, to to do it to glorify Christ and and you know to show that you know through him you know anything is possible uh but it's it's it, it it's uh, it you know it's a, there's a lot of temptations out there but you know to me it just means you know just trying to do it the way you know Christ intended for it to be done and like I said you know I'll have something that I can offer my wife to know nobody else can right what well, I mean that's there you go I just wanted to just kind of Pick Lewis's brain because women need to hear that story. None of the men on here are virgins except Lewis, and I have a lot. I think every man can agree he has a lot of respect just just you know from men on a male level. And I'm sure you know the ladies are freaking going crazy, you know, over in the fan club. You know what I mean? They're, they're just like whoa, you know what I mean? But the reality is that's that's what we should all aspire to be. If not a virgin, then a born again virgin. You know, I can tell y'all straight up that there's no, sex is nothing. Sex, I'm the only married man on this panel, and I've had a lot of premarital sex, just like a lot of the rest of the guys here on this panel. And uh, there's nothing like making love to your wife. You know what I mean? It's it's no comparison. You know, I could post a question right now. You know, ladies, would you, uh, you know, marry somebody without marry without having sex with them? And probably ask the same question to men. And the vast majority of people say, "Oh no, I gotta, 
you know, I got to sample the goods first and this and that. You don't buy a car without test driving it. And I say, that's crazy. Well, look, I bought my Mercedes without test driving it. You know what I mean? The reality is when you see something great, you don't need to test drive it. You don't test drive a Rolls Royce straight off the lot. You know, it does. you don't need to. You already know. And, you know, the best cars come with warranties anyway. So you don't need it. You know what I'm saying? If something goes wrong, you bring it right back. It's not, but nothing is going wrong. You understand that, not, that things don't go wrong when you know when you're driving a brand new Mercedes off the lot or a brand new brand new Rolls Royce off, off the lot. Now, if you want to look at that from a different perspective, if you're buying a used Camry with two hundred thousand miles off the lot, well then yeah, you can expect some trouble with that. You can expect not to have the smoothest ride. You're not going to have the best quality. And so, you know, just so y'all know, so we don't sugarcoat, you know what I mean? There's no need to play games. Let's be real about what we're talking about here. These men aren't trying to marry women with 5,000 uh, miles on them. They want that brand-new car off the lot, you know, 50 million sexual partners. The celibacy, that, but not really celibate, you know, that's their whole, their, that's their game. That's their, their angle. I'm celibate. I don't do that. But the reality is you've had sex with all of those men you've claimed to be celibate with. Marv, you know any women like that? Yo, man, that's crazy, man. That's crazy. That 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 celibacy thing. I don't know why women throw that out there if they're not genuine about it. If they don't, if they're not going to stand behind that. I mean, I was dealing with a woman, you know, a few years ago, and you know, she was celibate. She claimed she was celibate, but you know, I, I dealt with her within a three month span, and you know, I, I had hit like five, six times. So it's like she she's saying she's celibate on one end, but then the next end she. She got her legs in the air. So I'm like, yo, make up your mind. I mean, you know, either you're celibate or you're not. So, I mean, I really don't know why she was she was saying that in the, in the first place. And, um, I mean, there's a lot of women out here who, you know, they, they front like like they're one way, but then, you know, you use the term discernment. I mean, you can, you can just sit back and just see who see her for who she really is. It's a sad situation, man. I mean, you know, women just really have to just take heed to what's being said tonight, um, you know, and stop and, and, and stop making excuses. You know, stop debating with people who are just here to try to help you. Um, because, I mean, even if you feel like you're winning a debate, at the end of the day you're losing because now you're putting yourself out there. People are going to, you know, perceive you in a different way. I mean, it could be somebody in your group, for example, uh, at another female as a potential, but then they see how she's responding, you know, just loud and boisterous and combative, and now this woman just lost. So I mean, women, you really have to just carry yourself a certain way. If if you're going to be celibate with, then you know, be celibate. Like the woman that I'm looking for, celibacy is the minimum requirement. You know what I mean? Like my standards are so high. That's the that's the minimum that I'm looking for as a woman who's saving herself from that. I want to see how how do you handle yourself in stressful situations? How are you around children? You know, how do you treat your your family? You know, like things like that. Like how responsible are you as a as a as a person? You know, what's your relationship with Christ? Like, like this celibacy thing is, is just a, a minimum requirement in my in my world. Oh yeah, that's that's really what it is, man. You know, <laughs> celibacy. You know, loving Christ is going to be the, the the absolute minimum. Now let, let's switch it up. I want to switch it up, and I, I specifically wanted to save this for uh, barbershop talk. Over the weekend, Marv, you know, we had an incident with a with, with a guy in the group, and we mentioned it briefly last night, but. You know, what we've seen, I'll set it up a little bit. 
we're seeing an abundance of homosexuality just in in society as a whole. But specifically, we're we're seeing a a huge increase in homosexuality uh, in the church. You know, like we mentioned earlier, there's a lot of weakness or or perceived weakness amongst men in the church. It's not because you see, you know, these strong men like you see here on this panel being not afraid to proclaim the love for Jesus Christ. Nobody's going to say, I'm weak. Nobody's going to say, Steve is weak. Lewis is weak. Nobody would ever call us weak. But the reality is, Christian men are being perceived as weak because of what they're used to seeing in the church. These men on the DL, these flamboyant men who have infiltrated the church and are making a mockery of what God calls an abomination. You understand that? There's a, there's a, uh, you know, we did a show, probably a classic show, a couple of Sundays ago on how God views homosexuality, like with act- filled with nothing but actual scriptures and texts, biblical texts, speaking about how God feels. And there's no justification, there's no rationalization for any of this stuff that we're seeing in today's society. You know, we are living in the spirit of the Antichrist where you where it's clearly it's the Bible could not be more clear about how God views homosexuality, but we have Christians across the board, from Jesse Jackson to, you know, I don't even call Obama a Christian, but everybody and their mom is is, is jumping on this bandwagon of supporting gay marriage. And that I mean, I don't know where they're getting this stuff. Where in the Bible does it say anything about any of this stuff? In regards to supporting this, God calls it an abomination. So we have choir, these these gay choir directors, a lot of gay pastors. Actually, I'm tell you a quick story. I'm not going to name the church. I don't even remember the name of the church, but even if I wanted to name it, but I went to this church with my ex girlfriend, like back in like oh two, oh three, maybe like oh four, and uh, it's like down in South Philly. And y'all, some of y'all might even know about it because it was crazy. I mean, the dude, the pastor was blatantly, like, and, and obviously feminine, clearly feminine, very, I mean, like, very, not even like a little bit, but very feminine, uh, single man. Not saying that necessarily means anything, but how many non-married pastors do you guys know, you know, in the black community? Not, I don't know too many. I haven't seen too many. But this guy was, like, 45 and single, extremely feminine. Uh, the church was literally filled with flamboyant men, the actual some of the ministers were were flamboyant. I'm just looking around like, yo, like am I? And I even asked her. I'm like, yo, do you like? Am I missing something here? You don't? Do you see what I see? And she just kind of played it off like it was no big deal. Like you know, she loved the church. I was like, well, I really don't feel comfortable here with seeing this type of flamboyant, you know, pray like people be like gay. Dudes in the aisles, like praising God. I'm like, whoa, this is this is an, an abomination, you know. And and that's a lot of people say, well, you sh- who are you to judge? No, it's not judging. It's standing up for the word of Jesus Christ. If 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 some like it's kind of let me give it to you like this. If I got a buddy of mine, here perfect example. Now his father. Oh man, this is a great analogy. Now I'm just gl- so glad I thought of this. Is that I got a good friend. Now, we've been friends for a long time, but his father had a serious problem with with alcoholics. And so he had a rule of not having alcohol in the house. Now, his father passed, 
But my friend lives in the house now. And so we were on our way out somewhere, and I had a, a bottle. It was just not, nothing major, like a little schmidt off or something. We were on our way out to, I think, a club or something. So I'm like, you know, what's up, man? I was just picking him up. I was, like, waiting in the in the doorway until while he was ready. He was like, well, look, I got to go uh, finish ironing my clothes. I'll be down in, like, five minutes. I'm like, cool. I'll sit here and wait for you. And he was like, all right. he was like, cool. He was like, hold up, hold up. What uh, what's that? What's that in the in the bag? What's that? What you got there? I was like, no, nah, it's not. It's just a little schmidt. I was like, he's like, yo, I'm gonna need you to um, you can't. You, I need you to take that out the house. I'm like, I'm just sitting. Here. I'm not gonna spill it, and I'm I'm just waiting on you. Like, you, you, we can leave. He's like, I hear you, but I just need you to take the alcohol out of the house. He's like, you know how my pop felt about that. I said, so you you gonna make me wait for you in the car? He's like, you got to do what you got to do, but you got to take the alcohol out of my house. And if you guys see that analogy, you know, I, you know, he didn't have a problem with me, per se. He was respecting how his father felt about the alcohol. He was honoring him and speaking up for him. You understand that? And that's what we need to do. God isn't here to come down out of the heaven and physically say, I think, you know, homosexuality is an abomination. He, he's not here to do that. He's not walking the earth. He is looking for people like myself. He's looking for people like you, for Mar, for Lewis, you know, to take a stand and to know the word and to be strong in the word and say, you know what, no, this is not okay. This is, especially it's not okay if you consider yourself to be a Christian. Because as a Christian, you follow the law of the Bible, and the Bible says that homosexuality is a sin and a disgrace and an abomination. Now, that's not judging. That's speaking up for Jesus Christ. And if you don't speak up for Jesus Christ here, then what makes you think he's going to speak up for you when the devil's trying to wrestle you down to hell, you know what I mean, on Judgment Day? A lot of people don't like that. James, any thoughts? You know what they done? Um, you hit the nail on the head, man. The reality is we got a lot of lazy Christians out here. Um, they're not taking the time to get into the Word and find out what the Bible really says about homosexuality. They're just making their own judgments. And, um, you know, the reality is, man, that we as Christians are going to have to make a choice eventually. And, you know, it's either going to be for God or it's going to be against God. And there is no, there is not going to be a middle ground and um, can completely 100% relate to some of the stories that you have told. Man, I have uh, childhood friends that are that are big into the gospel music industry, and I've had them, you know, pull me to the side, you know, and tell me stories about different musicians that, you know, we watch that we watch on TV on a daily basis, so that we listen to their own, their MP3 and their their CDs. He's told me about some of these musicians, man, that have invited him to. A hotel room where they're having homosexual orgies, and, and these are people that are selling hundreds of thousands of Christian CD tracks. And so, all I can tell the people out there is, you know, just really get into your word, really find out what the Lord says about homosexuality, instead of debating with people that are just standing for the word of God. Yo, I, I, that's one side I would not be on. Want to be on the wrong side of, like. You know what I'm saying? You got a whole bunch of flamers out here, or you got Jesus Christ, who's been the best thing that's ever happened to you. Whose side you gonna pick? You know, what I mean? you can stand up for those dudes if you want to. You know what I'm saying? Your gay best friend if you want. You know, but at the end of the day, that's not gonna matter. 
And so I think that and it's, it's all part of Satan's plan. One of the things that y'all got to realize is Satan doesn't want to destroy the church. Okay, or I should say he doesn't want to eliminate the church. He doesn't want the church to go away. You know, what he wants to do is is infiltrate it and water it down so that when people look to the church, what they see is weakness. What they see is contradiction. What they see is blasphemy. So that that lessens their respect. Like when people hear the word of Jesus Christ, you know, that meant a lot more to a lot more people 10, 15, 20 years ago. Now it's, you know, it's unfortunate. I mean, the word of Jesus Christ, the name of Jesus Christ will always be powerful. But, you know, when you look at what society is trying to do to the black church, they're trying to make a mockery of it. They're elevating other people up to, you know, idol status. They're they're taking, you know, they're they're just doing a lot of different things. You know, whether it's the corruption. You look at all. Look at some of these major pastors. Look at some of the major pastors. Creflo Dollar was arrested publicly. A big thing about you know beating his daughter, you know, abusing his daughter. Like what? Like what's the do? Eddie Long. These mega church pastors, you know. The pastor of Sharon Baptist Church here in Philly. You guys got a chance to hear, you know, the whole pimps in the pulpit thing. The chick wrote a book about, uh, you know, sexual, you know, she was, a, uh, was she molested and, and uh, abused sexually in the church. One of the mega biggest churches here in Philly. Uh, Philly, Atlanta, you know, look at these. This is what's going on. You know, you look at some of the biggest churches around the country, they're filled with scandal. And that's not a coincidence. That's because Satan wants people to look at the church and think negatively. It's crazy, Louis. I mean, have you have you noticed that that stuff? Like what what Satan is trying to do? Oh yeah, I mean you can see it. You can see when you watch TV how all these television shows are now, you know, trying to make provisions, trying to gear toward you know homosexuality. Uh, you know, you don't see TV shows trying to gear toward family. You don't see him trying to gear toward Christ. You see him trying to make, but you see him trying to make provisions for homosexuality. And uh, like you were saying about the church, you know, the Satan, you know, he knows what he's doing. He he's a, a false Christ, a false God. You know, he tries to do whatever he can to make the church look bad. I mean, that's that's what he wants to do. He wants to try to discourage people. Um, but like you were saying, you know, we have to stand up for Christ. I mean, we. We we have to make a stand. The Bible is pretty clear on, on on how God feels about that, and we just have to make a stand in Christ. Yeah, it's not, and the problem with it is that people aren't reading the Bible. People are acting like they don't see it. I post the scriptures. They act like they'll debate about it. They'll debate about Beyonce. They'll debate about Obama. They'll debate about Pam Greer. But when I do a show, a biblically based show about what God says about homosexuality, is crickets. You know what I'm saying? Nobody wants to go up against God. You know, but when it's Dadon Tolbert, you know, when it's Marvin Wells, it's like, oh, you know, let's let's debate. Let's let's get it in. Let's get ready to rumble. They get excited. You know, that's when they get the, the, the old typewriters out, start typing these long essays, you know, and, and uploading them on the Facebook. Like, whoa, like where did all this come from? That's where the passion comes from. Similar to the way that's why um I think Steve said that these church girls are so passionate or so so freaky. It's like that they're extra freaky. It's like this uh, that aggression comes out, 
You know what I'm saying? Now, I mean, I've I've had sex with like porn stars, like you know, or not porn stars literally, but I'm talking about church porn stars. You know what I'm saying? Who go crazy? It's like, whoa, who are you right now? Where did all this come from? And a lot of that is that that's Satan. It's Satan manifesting and stuff. So it's like that's even with me and even with Marvin, even with Steven, and just about any black man you know, they will have. I guarantee you, ladies, and it's unfortunate that black men are automatically conditioned to second guess Christian women. It's it's sad. It's a sad state of society, but it's so bad out here. Y'all have no idea. If you if you're a really good woman, you you probably don't know. Because your girlfriends aren't going to reveal their their hidden sexual exploits with you. You, if you're not doing it, then you don't know from firsthand experience. You just have to take our words for it. There are so many freaks out here who are claiming to be living for Christ. I'm talking about women with the whips, the chains, the threesomes, the orgies, the the different toys. I mean, everything, man. Marv, am I lying? Absolutely not, man. I mean, I mean, these women out here, and not all, but. You know, a lot, it's like they'll purposely, you know, and consciously go out into the world and sin, knowing that what they're doing is wrong, knowing that what they're doing, God is looking down upon, but then they'll go in church on Sunday and kneel at the altar and pray for forgiveness. I mean, God isn't stupid. Like, he, he you know, he forgives all, but if you're, if you're premeditating, you know, being a smut or you're premeditating, you know, doing doing freaky nonsense Monday through Saturday. I mean, God has to hold you accountable, man. Like you have to be held accountable for your actions. Like you can't you can't purposely sin, knowingly sin Monday through Saturday, and then Sunday think God is just going to be like, all right, we're going to wipe it clean this time. You know, go out there and do and do your thing again. Like I don't think that's that's His purpose, man. I don't really think that was the intent. Like you have to you have to willingly, you know. Uh, live righteous you have to you have to, i mean it takes an effort man but you you have to stay away from certain things that you know you know god is not going to like you have to stay away from certain things that you know satan is going to use to you know to throw you off like the clubs the bars like i don't you know i don't drink or smoke because i know that once i once that's in my system it's just going to open up so many other you know doors and those and and, and those doors that are not you know, leading to a closer relationship with God. So it's like people who don't even talk how I talk in regards to, you know, their beliefs, I don't associate with them. I, I just be honest. And, you know, people could judge me all they want and say, oh, you think you this, you think you that. I mean, hey, it is what it is. I have to put myself first. Like I have to, you know, make sure that my walk is consistent with what God wants. Right, right. I real quick before I forget, I know I remember I told y'all earlier I was talking about Obama and Biden that that sign from 08. I don't know what happened. The whole, almost the whole show, ever since I said that, I told y'all to Google it. I couldn't find nothing. I'm like, whoa, where is it? Because I know I saw the sign on one of my neighbor's lawns, and I seen it a couple other places even before I realized it back in the day. But there's no, there's virtually no mention of it online, and I had to search and search and search, and I found one. I found the symbol. And I posted in the Friends of the Data on Talbert Show group, the one that I'm talking about, the, the star um, in the circle, which is clearly the symbol of Satan, if you know anything about um, demonic symbolism and, and satanic imagery. So I posted in the group, check it out, and uh, you guys can kind of see what it is that I was talking about. But, you know, this is, this, you know, like I said, we're not going to be here all night, but I did want to touch on, you know, a couple of things in regards to homosexuality and just the, the struggles that we face out here as men. 
a lot of we, we a lot of times like me, Marv, and some other guys in the group, we expose certain male individuals because the reality is, I did a show um, back in the day, one of our my first shows actually with with uh, the author of On the Down Low with uh, with J L King, but national author. He was on Oprah. I had him on my show probably like the couple months after he was on Oprah, and he pretty much I went deeper into it than Oprah even went. We I mean this guy told stories about pastors, gay pastors, DL pastors, just the whole concept of DL men that he shed light on. Classic show. And um, the reality is is that this is reality. There's, that was 10 years ago that this whole thing, this whole concept of DL men came about. And so that's when it was like, you know, not as socially acceptable. Now you have everybody, it was like so many DL men out here. You know what I'm saying? It's like, as men, we see it. It's like, very, it's very clear. You know, whether it's these Facebook comments. Like, I've had women tell me, like, well, I, did, I, don't, I don't think he was gay. And I said, trust me, he's gay. There's certain ways that men act, and there's certain ways that men don't act. That's just what it is. And if he's acting in a certain way, then that means he's playing for the other team. Now, I mean, I'm just being real with y'all. Steve, what you ever come in, you know what I'm talking about, man? You ever meet some of these dudes that's, you know, acting in a certain manner, looking at you in a certain manner, it's like, whoa, you're, you're gay. Man, the whole homosexual thing, to this day, it pisses me off. Because it, it, it's just a bad image for the black man. We go from being the most masculine man in the world, now the media and everybody's trying to portray us as a moist um, metrosexual individual, and that is not the case, you know. And uh, yeah, I mean, I've had gay men hit on me. It's just, it's just absolutely ridiculous. And look, Sodom and Gomorrah, and they try to say, you know, they were born this way, and, and it's just a slap in the face. It's just, man, I used to get so pissed. To this day, I still get so very pissed. They pass laws. President Barack Obama passed laws protecting uh, gays from uh, uh, being insulted through the Internet. And it's just so much, it's it's just the society is shifting. The social engineer is shifting the culture to go towards the acceptance. And I'm like, it's Sodom and Gomorrah. So, I mean, you know, maybe America is about to fall, but to this day I get pissed. Because I don't like men being looked down upon as uh, as some kind of metrosexual uh, in- individuals. You know, the P. Diddy and just, just so many, so much moistness going on. Even Will Smith's first movie was a gay part. It's just I have an extreme, that's one of my areas where, you know, it's hard for me to walk in love towards these individuals because I get so mad and upset because they're making black men look so weak. And I don't like that. And and that's what do you think about my comment? Yo man, yo, I, I remember one time my wife. This was when I first got on Facebook. No, when I first really started doing the show, and when the show first started getting popular, like you know what I mean, it was weird. I'm just chilling. You know, you you just in front of the computer. My wife's on her laptop. I'm on my laptop, and literally, I wish I should have saved the whole thread. It was one of the most ridiculous things I've ever had in my life. This dude, you know, I guess he was just on my Facebook friends list. He comes out of nowhere, like pops up on my chat, my instant messenger, and this is what he said. He said, "You look like you got some good, 
You know what I'm saying? Some good D. I'm like, what the? You know what I'm saying? I was like, yo, no, this dude. I said, yo, and that's this was before I was really living for Christ like that. Y'all know me, how I can get sometimes. I said, yo, I said, yo, look, I'm not into that gay stuff. You know, I didn't say stuff, but I said, don't don't ever say nothing like that to me again. And he was like, what? And he, we started, we actually got into like a big, you know, back and forth argument because he was saying, oh, yeah, you would, you wish you could have this and this and that. And, I'm just, and then we were like, this dude was talking about some, we can meet up and fight. I'm like, oh, this dude is tripping, man. You know what I'm saying? But that's how crazy these dudes are. You know, imagine that, Marv. Imagine somebody just popping up on your screen talking about something, basically soliciting you for sex. That's ridiculous, man. That's that's ridiculous. And I think he was, uh, you know, obviously he did that to test to test you, man, to see how far you would go with it, to test your response and to see how you would, you know, respond to that. Um, I mean, you mentioned the gentleman. Uh, I don't even know if, you know, I, I don't even want to disrespect him by calling him a, a man. Are you talking about Greg? You talking about Greg? Yeah, yeah. Well, look, <laughs> you put the name out there, man, not me. But, yeah, you know, Mr. Uh, you know, Mr. Such and Such, man. Like, you, you know, this dude, this dude inboxes me one in the morning. You know, talking about uh, you know, I like your style, and I'm like, you know, who 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 talks like that? Like as a straight man, I would never. First of all, I ain't inboxing no dude to give him no type of you know personal compliment like that. Let alone compliment the man on his style. Like that was super gay, man. That was super gay right there. And I mean, the fact that I was just so easily able to just identify that. And you have people out here that are defending that. Like there was a a young lady who she had inboxed me about the thread between us and Greg, and she was just saying, "Well, maybe he said I like his style because you know, maybe it's it's part of his culture. Maybe uh, he grew up in a different part of the country, and that's just how they talk." I'm like, uh, "Maybe." Or he's gay. Like, you can't, you know what I mean? Like, come on, man, let's stop defending what we as heterosexual men know as the obvious signs. Listen, man, I'm telling y'all, ladies, y'all, you can defend this stuff if y'all want to, but we are living literally in, you know, this is nothing right now. Like, well, we, we, imagine 10 years from now. You got the President of the United States co signing homosexuality and gay marriage. And you know all types of craziness, man. I've I've seen some stuff from Obama. I I can't even that that nobody's even seen before. Like I know I've seen stuff from Obama from college. You know what I mean? Don't let me pull up that picture of Obama with the dude on the couch. You know, I mean, Lewis, you, I know you've seen. I know the fellas have seen that picture with Obama on the couch, man. I mean, Lewis, have you seen that? Yeah, I, I've seen. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I had to double take on that. <laughs> Don't let me post that in the group, man. I want for a millionth time because that's the thing. I'm not, you know, I'm just saying what I'm saying. Like that, that looks a little bit gay, you know. And the reality is, you know, as we move further and forward, you know, further and further, closer to, see, history is going to repeat itself. That's what a lot of. I don't know how it's going to happen, but if you look at historically, biblically, you know, the things that have happened. The Bible, we talked on the homosexuality show about Sodom and Gomorrah and how God viewed that and how pissed off he was. How pissed off, if he was that pissed off then, imagine what's going, look around at what's going on now, politically, sexually, morally. God is furious. This storm that we just had, they said it was one of the biggest storms in the history of the world. 
you know, or at least the history of this country. But I believe they said the biggest storms ever. You know what I mean? Imagine there was it was a storm that wiped out the whole earth, you know, when when in Noah's time, because the reason for that was that God looked down on the world and saw that there was basically no you know, no morally sound people on the earth. And that's how bad it got. So God said, you know what, I'm just going to go ahead and, and destroy the whole earth. Now, the Bible says that that's what's going to happen again. Jesus is going to come back, and then the world will become destroyed. It will be nothing, and the, and the devil will roam. All of God's people will take it up to earth, and everybody else. It does, it's funny, people think that people go to hell. No, people, it's not going to, people are going to go to hell. They're just going to be left here. And this is going to be hell on earth. And the devil is going to roam around the earth. You know, and there will be all black everything, just like Jay-Z talks about. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's what that's what these guys are looking forward to. You know, see, a lot of people, y'all need, need to understand what's going to happen. It's called the rapture. I need to read Revelations to see exactly how it's all going to play out. So I'm just telling y'all, God is looking for not just lukewarm Christians, not just people who claim that they're saved, but, you know, people who are on fire for him. Because, you know, Alicia Keys got that new song, you know, Girl on Fire. I mean, it, people like that really are going to be on fire. But you know about that song? You ever heard that song, uh, James, Girl on Fire? Wow, well, you know what they done? I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet, man. But, um, you know, the comments that you all have made are 100% on point. Yeah, I've just had a conversation with a good friend about what's going on in our society right now. Um, you know, the reality is, man, uh, our government, our president, our current president, um, and the future presidents, they're trying to make it. Uh, they're trying to make this society a society where um, homosexuality and sexual perversion is the norm. And um, the reality is, man, we as Christians, we have to get in our word and we have to choose what we want to believe because uh, I get I get pissed off just like Steve said I get ticked when I see some of these ladies in uh, in the group offending some of these dudes that I Marv and all the other men know we know they're homosexual we know what's going on but these ladies continue to defend them they continue to co-sign on some of the things that they're saying continue to give them thumbs up on you know forty fifty thumbs up for a comment that they've made. And the reality is, man, we as men, we know that there are certain things that only homosexual men will say. And, uh, you know, that's just the reality, man. So I hope people just begin to wake up, man, because it's, it's really getting bad out here. Yeah, man, it's it's, it's very bad. You know, so we're going to get ready to get out of here. You know, I just wanted to do a quick show on, um, you know, like just switch it up a little bit. You guys can hear, you've heard us talk about all the topics, you know, from a barbershop perspective, but... This is one of those topics that is most important and that we really need to be hearing more from more men. I mean, think about it. You have all these men out here, you know, just men. Think about all the men that you know. I'm thinking about all the men that I know. And everybody just right now, think of all the men that they know. And we know, we all know, I can guarantee you that, that you probably don't have, you can't, you can't count more than five men who are brave enough to, to to step up and do shows like what you've heard all these young brothers talking about tonight. And that is a shame. That shows you that the, that there's a serious shortage of strong Christian men out here 
in the church. It's crazy out here. Marv, go ahead and leave him with some words of wisdom, man. What do you, you want to lead the people with? Hey, man, thanks for having me back on the show, Daydime. I appreciate you for uh, just <clears throat> giving me the opportunity to just share my experiences, you know, share the love that God has given me to, to give to, to, to the listeners. Um, I mean, it's, it's the reality is, you know, this homosexuality thing is ridiculous, man. I mean, that that's the word of that's the word of wisdom, man. I, I, like, I you know, I have my my five year old son, man. I really I really feel for him, man. I really do because he's going to grow up in a society that's going to be worse than than what we're experiencing, man. So, you know, the single mothers out here, I feel for you. I really do. You know, it's the ones that have you know sons. Find a male mentor in your community, in your church. Uh, a family member that you can trust, you know, you have to make sure that your son is close to a male figure, you know, who's who's, who's standing strong, uh, you know, with God, you know, who has the, the beliefs that you agree with, that you know will be a positive influence in your son's life. Um, I mean, it's it's critical. It's critical. Like, it's, it's, it's a matter of life and death, literally, you know. Um, I mean, it's, it's it's just it's sad, man. It really is. And you know, for those out there who who are voting for Obama, I mean, I, you know, I, I'm, I was really never really into politics because just because the overall system doesn't really support my people. But I mean, for those who are who are voting for Obama, just understand that you are advocating homosexuality, you are advocating gay marriage, and for somebody to be a Christian, you can't be on both sides of the fence. You have to take a stand. You know, if you're if you're a Christian, Christianity is against homosexuality. Period. So you can't say I'm voting for Obama because it's about change. Yeah, it's about change, all right. You know, it, it really is. When he was when he did that, you know, um, it's about change campaign in 2008. He wasn't lying. Like we thought it was a change of of skin complexion, but it was a change of sexual orientation. Like it's, it's and it's becoming so evident now. So. You know, uh, single moms. You know, I, I feel for you. I see. I see that you guys. I see you guys in the group. You know, you all. You, you guys question. You know, well, my my son doesn't have a father figure. What what am I supposed to do? This, that's what you're supposed to do. What I just told you. You you do that, and I guarantee. You know, you will save your son's life. Um, I mean, God bless everybody. Peace to Lewis, Old Steve, James. You know, you Day Don, Jay New. Man, I appreciate you guys. Man, I've been in the group since the summertime. And I've learned a lot, and I'm hoping to continue to learn and grow. Absolutely, man. It's good to have you here, man. Like I said, I'm, I told you all a long time ago. I don't know if you all remember that. I told you all a long time ago that I'm building an army. I'm building an army, and, and I've got, you know, I got to start a Courageous Black Men, a Facebook group. It's about 800 men in there. I'm looking to have that group grow. But I'm really just trying to start an army that's, that that's begins with, with a foundation of men like what you heard right here. You know, from Steve to Jay New and, and Lewis and James and just, you know, a lot of other people, man. My homie Oshel, who really helps me out in a lot of a lot of other ways, like offline and things like that. So, you know, it's a very, like I said, it's a shortage of, of really strong, positive men out here. And we've got to stick together. We've got to stick together and be an example to some of these young brothers that we that we see out there, like Joe, the, um, Stan, who called in uh, earlier on. Shout out to those guys, you know. And, and this is the change. What Marv is talking about, what he's saying is, it's all a game. It's all one big joke to these guys. These guys are sick bastards. 
really sick guys, man. Like guys who who have sex with other men and and worship Satan and, and really they want change. That's what yeah, it's it's a it's a play on words. Y'all don't see that. You know, the, I mentioned it the other night. Like I see everything so clearly and all I would just advise y'all to do is pray and get your relationship with God right. And and then then familiarize yourself with what's going on around you. Read what's going on, but really just pray and ask God for discernment, and everything will make utter and complete sense to you. Because I mean, you, you, I don't know if y'all caught it. Most people probably didn't even catch this. I saw it. it was like it was like bright red flashing lights. You know, there's this show on NBC, The New Normal. You know, which is basically it's a play on words. They're talking about the gay lifestyle is going to become the new normal. It's a show about gay people. That's where this society is going. In the first debate, the moderator kept saying it. She said it about three or four times. Did anybody hear the moderator of the presidential debate say at least four times? And she wasn't even talking about TV. She wasn't even talking about gay marriage or anything like that. She was just talking about foreign policy, but she made sure to say at least four or five times, is this the new normal? The new normal. Like she kept saying, I'm like, yo, did, like, Marv, did you peep that? You know what I'm saying? Matter of fact, James, did you, what about you? No, let me ask Lewis. Lewis, did you peep that? Now that you mention it, it's 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 it's, it's crazy. It's like it's it's subliminal, but it's not subliminal. <laughs> it's it's crazy. You really got to pay attention. Lewis, give out some words of wisdom to the people, man. What do you want to lead the people with, man? Because I got to get out. It's it's too much stuff going on. I just want to say, you know, ladies, you know, if you if you if you one of those people that you know that Dayton was talking about that when he asked you. If you have a relationship with Christ and you were kind of, you know, him hawing around, it's never too late. Now is the time. I mean, I mean, none of us are perfect, but unless you accept what he did on the cross, you know, you know what's going to happen. So, ladies, today, make the choice. Accept what he did on the cross. Have a relationship with him. And stop fooling around with these men, that these Satan-like men, you know, Find some men, if you're going to deal with men, deal with men that love Christ. And, and then you'll you'll never go wrong with that because they're going to respect your body. They're going to be looking. They're not going to be trying to have sex with you. Uh, but just pursue a relationship with Christ. Build that relationship. Accept the cross. Right. That's that's great advice, man. Shout out to Lewis who gives some excellent advice. And if I could just tell you all one more thing, I just, I just love sharing knowledge with you all and information. That I found, I found a lot of people don't want to hear it, but for the people who do, just watch these videos. A lot of, in addition to stuff we talked about last night, another thing that they're doing is they're simul, they're making a mockery of hell. You know, it's from Alicia Keys, that girl on fire, and it's weird. Like I can name at least ten or fifteen artists, separate artists, who are all doing the same exact thing, which should tell you something. If you look at these videos, they're simulating. What they think, these guys got a, these guys, man, they've got their, they will be in for a rude awakening. Because what, the, what they're trying to do, what these directors are doing, these artists are doing, is simulating what it would be like to be in hell. So what they'll do is they'll shoot a video, you know, in some dark, grimy, grungy, you know, basement, you know, some type of dungeon-like thing with all type of red lighting, you know, and it's just like they're just rapping. They're rapping the lyrics of their song, and it's like everything is red, like whether it's Lil Wayne, Future, 
you know, even Diddy's in on it, Rick Ross, Meek Mill. It's the same thing. All these artists are simulating hell. Nicki Minaj, you know, Alicia Keys actually, she's like, this girl is on fire. Like, I'm on fire. I'm burning. Meek Mill's new single is called Burn. Beyonce's new perfume is called Heat. You know, I mean, it's like everything is like demonic. You know, they're making a mockery of hell and, and you know, and, and what it's like to be in heaven. So you really just got to look around you. And once you know what to look for, like I said, there it's these are definitely the end times. When you are bold enough to make a song, you know that mocks God, you, you you know you're pretty you're pretty bold. The Miami Heat are the NBA champions. Chicago Bulls are the best team of all time. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you know there all these logos are red, white, and it's, it's these things are not all coincidences. So I just want to throw some stuff out there, and we'll continue to talk about these issues in a way that nobody else will, because we are not afraid to take a stand for Jesus Christ. James, man, go ahead. I appreciate you, man, being out there with no power, you know, just really braving out and staying, you know, being on the show tonight. I appreciate that, man. Give some words of wisdom to the people. Hey, Don, it's always a pleasure, man, to be on the show with you and the fellas. Uh, Barbershop Tuesday, man, I thank God for you. I thank God for what you're doing, man. You and the rest of the fellas are always in my prayers as well as uh, the members in the group, um, all I can tell people is, uh, like I said before, get um, in your word and know what God says about certain issues. You know, don't be like everybody else and go along with what everybody else is doing. Uh, stand stand up for God, and, and I, I guarantee you, if, if you stand up for God, then he will be there to protect you. He will be there to defend you whenever you need it. Uh, I just I speak a prayer of blessings and strength over everybody, and I just pray for uh, everybody will have a great night. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Um, definitely, absolutely appreciate the prayers and the, and the well wishes, man. Shout out to Lewis. He posted a lot of these, uh, all these videos that we've been talking about. Watch it. Watch, uh, you know, there's so many more, and I'll post some too, man, but he posted the Burn video. He posted the Alicia Keys song. It's like it's, it's, these guys are sick, man, sick guys. You know, posting this stuff, but or you know, making these videos and things. I want to close out. I want to read something from a young woman who's listening to the show, or actually, she, she was listening. She said, uh, and this is a great testament. We've been having an increase. We've been seeing an increase in hate. We've been seeing an increase in fakeness. But at the same time, I have literally thousands of 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 testimonies from women thanking me for my advice. But these, the, I'm, I've been cre- in, uh, receiving an increase a serious increase in these types of testimonies with women being found by elite men. You've heard several over the last several weeks. Here's one more. She says, uh, uh, Dadon, I guess I'm going to have to check out the show tomorrow. I didn't get a chance to finish listening, but what a great topic. I'm blessed to have a man in my life that will be an ordained minister soon, and we're bringing up a son who's seven years old in the church. We tell him that he has to keep up the armor of God on him at all times, and even if you're a single parent, do your part to teach these young men early. Sadly, my son's father is not in his life, but I've forgiven him and I've moved on. Uh, with the help of this show and getting into God's word daily, I've been blessed with my elite man. By the way, this is a great group. So I just want to uh, publicly thank her for that. She posted that in, in the Friends of the Day on Tolbert Show group. You can uh, check it out. Click on her page. It looks like she's in their profile picture with her elite man. And I just want to encourage everybody, men and women, that will be your future, okay? If you listen to this show and you take the advice given on this show, the, the, those testimonies, 
what you hear, those success stories, will be yours. It's biblical. I've experienced it uh, dozens and hundreds and even over a thousand times great testimonies from women all around the world. You know, if you have this testimony to share, send it to me. Post it in the group. Email it to uh, info at trctoday.com, and I'd love to be able to read your letter. But, you know, that, that that's what this is all about. It's not a game. It's not a gimmick. It's just, you know, it's life. So I, I appreciate you guys, you know, all the fellas from Lewis to Marv to James to Steve to everybody in the group. Um, you know, this is what we do. Like I told you, I'm, I'm going to the uh, Sixers game. Watch the Sixers beat the Denver Nuggets tomorrow night. So uh, you guys are in for a treat. Going back a little bit into the archives, and you guys listen to, um, you know, a classic show on how on sex, how God feels about it, not what women think, not what men think, but how God feels about sex. Some of those shows are the best shows I've ever done. Whether it's God, how God feels about divorce, how God feels about prenuptial agreements, how God feels about sex, how God feels about homosexuality, how God feels about prostitutes, how God feels about We've done a lot, man. I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. But those, if you type in anything like how God feels about on the Date on Tolbert show, you probably see a whole bunch of classic shows come up over the years. And those are some of the best shows I've ever done. So, look, guys, I'm out of here. I'm going to close this out with my favorite gospel song of all time, the, the whole topic of tonight's show, Jesus Christ. Don't be afraid, and he will bless you. Thank you all for listening. I'll see you all tomorrow night. Peace. Hallelujah. Young people, there's nothing wrong with dancing for Jesus. But we can't forget where we come from. So if you don't mind, let's have a little church right now. Something about that name. Thank you, Jesus. Listen. Something about about the name Jesus. Hallelujah. Yes, sir. It is the